Hey there, this is Ed Talent, and you're listening to Erratic Control. This week's podcast is with Elliot and Ilana from Glass Jackets. They make up half the band and are the band's primary songwriters. We met up in the moon a couple of weeks ago to have a chat and for them to play a song for me, which I kind of haven't done for a while, but that was kind of a great thing to, to jump back into. Unfortunately, for like the first 10 minutes of the recording, uh, Ilana's mic wasn't working properly, so... You're not going to be able to hear her as well, but I have kind of tried to boost her up so you can hear her through our other mics. Uh, that does go away after about 10, 11 minutes. So sorry about that. That was the first kind of hurdle to get over. But as you get through the interview, you're going to... I think it's this is like one of my favorite interviews I've done because it was with two people I didn't really know that well. And it, it was like really interesting to hear about both their different backgrounds, both their kind of influences and, you know, what's happened to them recently. And I, you know, even before you kind of start talking about music, just the the kind of things they've they were talking about were really interesting. Um, this is kind of on the longer side of the podcast. I did cut some stuff out just because we rambled on into different topics of conversation as you do. But yeah, I really really enjoyed this. And the song you hear at the end is a track called "One Last Last Call," and it's um, they explain about the song, but it it references especially what's going has been going on with them in the past year or so and it's yeah i'm really really happy that they sat down and had a chat with me also just as a bit of context for what we're talking about as the podcast starts uh, we were talking about natty painter in the first couple of minutes before i started recording and hopefully i'll have natty on to do a podcast at some point in the future here's uh, my chat and a song from ilana and elliot from glass jackets you know, when we when we open the applications, we get stuff in. We either, you know, a lot of the time we know the artists or we've heard of the artists, and sometimes they surprise us, and then sometimes they're like, you know, not we know they're not quite ready. Um, but with her, it was like, oh, I didn't know, like it yeah. was like this. Um, and then the single we helped her with was just she did that with James Minas, yeah, oh. and like that he's was cool just, as fuck, man. Yeah. That guy, he's so cool. <laughs> one of my best friends now oh, so, is yeah, he's, he, yeah. he's great and like um i've been working i've been helping him out with this album he's so cool i love all of his music like all of his tracks that yeah. he, that he you know with hannah 2k and yeah. i just love it love it all yeah. like he's brilliant at what he does and um, really is. so I'm a big fan of his often we do the, these rap shows in here and like they'll like start a track and like within five or six seconds i'm like oh this is meanest made this yeah like because yeah, yeah. they could just tell like he's got such a distinctive kind of production quality it's not like like repetitive it's just you can just tell like yeah. it's a different st- yeah, type of style like charlie francis is a big fan of his yeah, as well yeah um, um, yeah and he, together, he mentioned yeah. him a couple of times i've never really had a full conversation with him but like he's a really nice dude I, yeah. I, yeah and he's I love he's, his work, he's like he's open he's like trying to open up to do more stuff now you know he's working with sunny winnebago that's it and yeah. he just did yeah. uh song with Ellerian Harrod. so so yeah get in touch Hilarious with him like, well, yeah so if you want to you want to do some stuff with him i definitely think he'd be able to yeah definitely Cool. Um, great. Everyone relaxed? Absolutely. Good, yeah, awesome. Cool. So I don't know if you guys have had listened to the podcast before. No. No. Okay. I just like curious because it's because um, then some people like listen to it and they um, they know what's like coming That's sort of it. thing. So it's kind of it's. I like the fact that it's uh, going to be a surprise. Yeah. yeah. We like surprises. <laughs> it's like Christmas. So that's good. So, um, you know, it might take a bit longer to think of your answers, but the magic of editing you'll it'll be like you came up with them on the spot like, yeah. so, <laughs> so uh i want to kind of set the scene as well because i know i'm gonna we're gonna do a video and stuff but just in case anyone missed like misses the video we're mm-hmm. in the moon it's uh, a sunday after um wales lost to france in the rugby last night uh, sorry <laughs> it's like all of us are a bit um you know 
removed. You're from Liverpool. I'm fr- yeah, yeah, you're I mean. from Boston. Boston. I'm I'm Welsh slash Australian, and I'm kind of like wow. slightly removed from all the rugby because I'm like I'm just a bit like. Are you fifty-fifty? Well, I'm. I'm not even that. I kind of prefer football. <laughs> I'm, I'm the same. We do, I always say we don't get we don't get rugby in Liverpool. Yeah, so. yeah. Definitely not get rugby in Boston. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, Packers, not Packers. The Packers is a um, Wisconsin football. Yeah. Why? Why did I think Boston? Boston. Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. Massachusetts. Patriots. It's Patriots. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I don't. I know. I, know, I don't care about sports. Yeah, I know, but I just I kind of. Yeah, I think that's my grey area when it comes to knowledge about America. I know bits and pieces about America, and yeah, I know the Boston's in Massachusetts, and um, what else about Boston do I know? I know Mark Warburg's from Boston. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> Actually, my uncle. No. <laughs> How bad is it for a second? I actually believed you. That's brilliant. <laughs> Is that what you tell people that? Oh, yeah. God, man. Oh, Uncle Mark. <laughs> Uncle Marky. <laughs> yeah, you don't have that. I mean, yeah. That's the other thing everyone always says to me. You don't sound like you're from Boston. I have a Canadian accent. Yeah, you do. So I, that's what I was going to say. Like, it's kind of always, I just find, um, it's, and it's the same with, like, um, people from Australia or New Zealand or even South Africa. Sometimes mm. I get confused. It's like, I always don't say Australia first. I'm like, oh, you from New Zealand? Yeah, or yeah, yeah, or like, yeah. if you're from America, I say, oh, you're from Canada. It's like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre, yeah. yeah. Is, is New Zealand yeah. like the Canada of Australia? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's much more of an insult to be right up called American instead of Canadian. Also, it's also worse if you get called English and you're Welsh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I really hate that. Like Sweden and Denmark are the same thing too. Like, I don't remember which one's which, but like, there's always the country Norway, next yeah, to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is, but it's and they, you know. You know, accents are similar. I think so because there's so many. It's so diverse. If you get kind of in the ballpark, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. like a load of people always say to me, like, you know, because they don't meet for some reason many scousers, and so they say, "Oh, are you from Newcastle?" And I'll go, <laughs> no, <laughs> I get Manchester yeah. at loads, but you just go like, ah, it's, yeah, it's Liverpool, it's Liverpool. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, I yeah. think it's, but it's funny because then like you get. Um, I'm not tarring all Americans the same brush, but you get people from like all around the world who go who listen to British accents and they all think they sound the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, growing up, like on TV and stuff, every time someone was British, they had the same accent. Yeah. So, like when I can't do accents at all, but if I try, I sound like I don't know. What do you? A queen or something? No, you sound like um, Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. That's we well, forgot the crackers, Grobby. That's Yorkshire accent, isn't it? It, it, yeah, it yeah. is, but it's very like um, grubby. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 a bit like, know, yeah, bit posh. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 That's great. But yeah, my my deduction of accents is always kind of like, like I said, I get confused between Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa, and because they're all similar tones yeah, so I've, you kind of you, you kind of get it's like the vowels in it yeah the vowels yeah. are quite similar in those. Yeah. i've got i've got family in south africa and um and like me me uncle's cousin arthur he speaks like it's like half a scouse accent and half a south african <laughs> accent so it sounds like dead south african and mm. then say if we're watching the football and he lets out a swear or whatever that's scouse as anything like it's so <laughs> crazy like he dips in and out you know <laughs> i kind of yeah i do really love trying to pick up on people's accents and trying to work out where they're from but with america in particular 
I always go, oh, where are you from in America? And they'll go, oh, we're from California or we're from... And I'm like, uh, yeah. But then it's like, no, when I, yeah, when I work out with it. And I even from Canada, but I have like, you, you get this thing, um, Americans say the Anglophile. And I, yeah. and I think... They're all obsessed with like British stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, but I am a Yankophile. <laughs> right. like, so when I first moved here, everyone was like, oh, you're a Yankee, you're a Yankee. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> he says, shit, he says coming in wearing a New York Yankees hat. Sorry. Oh, boo. <laughs> I don't care, but if anyone else in my family was here, they'd be mad. Yeah, yeah. Since, since, since I've started going to Boston regularly, I've been to um, a lot of Red Sox games mm-hmm. and stuff with, uh, with Alana's, Alana's dad. It's just crazy how, like, huge it is you know baseball mm. there's like i don't know like 70 odd games a year and See, it's like it's huge yeah when i mentioned the the sports of course i should have gone to the red sox like yeah there was um there was this thing there's this tv show called lost like yeah i know it's all right just just in case but like there was this there was this kind of thing in it where um one of the characters was revealing to another character that he had contact with the outside world and like was trying to like tell him all the stuff that had happened and like the fact that like Obama had got into the White House and all this stuff. And then he said, Oh, and Boston Red Sox won the World Series. And like and then the guy's just like, Okay, now I know okay, you're now lying. I know you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was in fourth grade. It was two thousand and four, wasn't it? Yeah, I was in yeah. fourth grade yeah. and we won and I'm not like a baseball person really, but like the whole school like went mad. Yeah. So it was like a national holiday. Not national. Yeah, yeah. Statewide holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Wherever they be, it wasn't a holiday for them. <laughs> it's also funny when you. It's called the World Series, and it's like it's just in America. It's though, just America. America. the only country. That yeah. Oh, well, no, Japan. Japan. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I know, but it's it's kind of ironic. And then the the Super Bowl is always referred to as like the world kind of the world champions. World, like, yeah. Anyway, no, it's fine. It's kind of it's. You're right, though. It is pretty much only played in America. It's kind of like it's like saying you know Australian rules rugby is like both. Football, yeah. yeah. See, even I don't know. And I must. Um, I don't really know what it is, but they're they're done by governing bodies. So that you've got like you know the NFL, the NHL. Mm. They're like a big sort of yeah, big big deal. Yeah, national yeah. Big, uh, big deal. Whereas with say football, for example, you have FIFA. Yeah. Which is worldwide, and then you have yeah. UEFA, which is Europe wide, and, and then FA. FA. Yeah. Country's so big, so it's like state against state. Not that's it. Yeah. That's that's true. That's exactly what it's what it mm. is. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. I think that's the longest conversation about sports that I've ever had. Like, like, maintained. Well, definitely yeah, yeah. two-sided because I talk about Liverpool to you at all the time. You just ignore me and let me ramble on. Yeah, but that's not a conversation. That's just you talking to me. Oh. oh. <laughs> um, so that sticker I got on my laptop comes from um, the Green Brothers. Uh, so they're like uh, one of them. Well, they're both authors now, but they um, one of them is an author, John Green, and then oh. did Fallen Our Stars and stuff. And then um, the other is like his brother is kind of scientist and stuff. And they had a well, they have a kind of YouTube series thing, and that kind of comes from that. But um, John Green's like obsessed with uh, Liverpool, and he also part owns um, Wimbledon. Wow, yeah, which is really cool. So he's like obsessed with the kind of uh, like British football. And um, they do a podcast like, every week and he kind of updates everyone about AFC Wimbledon. And um, <laughs> But it's really funny, like, watching Americans' enthusiasm about British football because it's, like, it's yeah. just such a different energy and then it's kind of, like, matching that energy and it's just a bit odd. It's, it's crazy. Of, yeah. There's a, actually in Boston, there's a Liverpool bar mm. called The Phoenix and um, it's run by a Liverpool supporter. I don't know whether he's em- um, emigrated from, yeah. from Liverpool. I'm not sure, but... 
honestly, they are mad. They love it. It's crazy. They're like, yeah, go Liverpool. And they're absolutely <laughs> going crazy. And it's brilliant. It's like being back at home. Yeah, you know what it's, I mean? awesome. it's amazing there. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's you know, you know as, as much as kind of being in the music scene, we, we piss and moan about sports and especially in Cardiff where it's a bit kind of like you can't avoid it if there's a match day. It's a bit of a pain. Isn't yeah. It? It does bring people together in the, sort of in the totally, same way the music totally does. does. Yeah. And it's like, I, you know, I understand why people are into it. And I used to be like really into football. Like as, as a Liverpool fan, you're probably going to hate me, but I used to be really into Manchester United. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Not anymore, unfortunately. I kind of... I don't blame yeah, you for, for leaving yeah. them, to be honest. Well, yeah, I left after <laughs> they um, sold Ronaldo off. So I was just like, I, you know, he was my favourite footballer. Oh, and like, really? I was like it's just about money and I'm just like, I just sick of it. And like, I'd rather support a team. I'd rather support something that's kind of a bit, I don't know. But then, you know, you can say that about the music industry sometimes. And it's like, yeah, you yeah. can. I mean, there's always grassroots music industry and mm -hmm. there's grassroots football. And yeah. A lot of people, yeah. I know of a lot of people that have turned off from the upper echelons of sports and they've gone to more of a grassroots level and they, they go and watch football with another 500 people every, every yeah. week, you know, and that's kind of what they buzz off yeah. rather than the multi-million pound kind of things but it's just like anything in the world it's like acting or yeah. you know if you're at the top of your game at something that there's demand at you're going to get paid like mm -hmm. a lot of money you yeah. know so I don't know but yeah that's that kind of debate you know if we paid musicians and actors as well as we pay footballers though I know yeah can you imagine yeah <laughs> that, would, that would be very nice but that's yeah that's another element anyway but we're here to talk about music yeah sure. so um I start off the podcast asking two questions so it kind of cements the kind of groundwork for the rest of the what we talk about um and it's you know having two people you answer on your own and obviously both come from significantly different backgrounds so it's kind of be interesting to hear where, like both your perspectives so the first question I ask is um what, if you do have one, is your first musical memory? So, like, your first memory associated with um, music. It could be the first song you heard or the first mm. thing you remember seeing. Or, you know, a lot of people talk about um, how their parents kind of introduced them to some music or, like, were involved in music. So. I would say the first one, I don't remember when, probably would be, like, um, dancing in the family room of my parents' house, like, with my dad to... I think it was like Bob Dylan doing um, Mr. Bojangles. Because I remember, like, me and my brother used to make fun of him going, What ass shoes? <laughs> probably the earliest, but I also remember when I was like six, um, this guy came to my preschool and like played guitar for us, and that was the first time I ever saw someone play guitar, and it made me want to play guitar, so mm. I started, I got my first guitar when I was like six. Cool. Sometimes people have to kind of take a bit of a time to like really remember it. Like I know mine because for me, you know, I've done this a lot of times that like so I can remember it, but it was quite a distinctive memory and, and it kind of led me into lots of different other things that I ended up doing. So kind of um which is seeing Michael Jackson the Brit Awards. Wow. And that was kind of like it was such an impressive performance and then I kind of like I didn't really then get back into him until I was kind of a teenager, but um, yeah, it kind of really left an impact on me. Cause was it that was, the one where Jarvis Cocker yeah, jumped on the stage yeah, and yeah, wiggled yeah, his yeah, butt? Yeah, yeah, Because <laughs> he thought he looked like Jesus. And I have watched it since, it, yeah. and I'm like, kind of does, yeah, though. It does. <laughs> yeah, But um, yeah, uh, you know, people are, people are problematic. It was, the, it was the 90s. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Firstly, before I say mine, there's, uh, I've actually seen an amazing video of Ilana. Or was it a picture? No, it was a video of 
air playing air guitar and the guitar's it's terrible. dead it's not <laughs> the guitar's dead big on yeah, it yeah. and she's got a she's got a little little music music book in front of her yeah. it's incredible to, to it's not terrible playing, I oh yeah i know yeah you were six i mean come on it was it's pretty cool but yeah i mean my first um just a, a addendum. Sorry that you probably couldn't hear Alana very well for the first bit of that. She's all right now. Do you want to give me a just quick live TV, folks? Hello, just hello, one. folks. There we go. Awesome, we got you. <laughs> so your first first musical memory. I always remember um, when I was a kid. I had two go-to songs that I would sing. I would always try and sing, and uh, me, I was obsessed with guitar. And my my mum bought me like a toy electric guitar when mm. I was like. Before, you know, and you press the buttons and like wah, 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 one of those bad boys. And uh, I used to sing um, the Lion King, you know. Yeah. I used to sing that, and I used to sing, I feel it in my fingers, I feel it. So anytime there was family round, I'd be singing that. And my uncle John said that I would get so into it that um, veins would be popping out my head. And I'd be like, I feel it in my fingers. And so I do remember singing those 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 songs but I remember the first time that like music I don't know really sort of hit me in the gut really hit me in the gut and I'd listened to it for years when I was a kid uh, I was I was uh, in my uncle's car and um, and he put on Definitely Maybe by Oasis and um, he was like I'm going to show you this band called Oasis I was like oh I've heard of them you know and I remember hearing out of his good car speakers you know and rock and roll star mm -hmm. kicked it and I was like, oh, I don't think I've ever heard anything like this. And I remember that's the first time that it gave me a rush of, yeah, like something that was magic, you know. Have you heard of the term frisson or frisson? F R I S S O N. Frisson, no. Or frisson, I think. Um, so it's the you know like people talk about getting like shivers up the spine or goosebumps mm. or things like that or like you know, um, and that's kind of it's a it's an involuntary reaction like a physical reaction to something like on from an external force so you know hear a piece of music and it will like like yeah. you'll just get that feeling i think that's kind of what you're talking about that's, a, oh, that's amazing is that yeah. one of those like rare words like hereeth 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 yeah okay yeah, how yeah. do you hereeth hereeth we're playing that we are hereeth festival yeah. none of us knew how to pronounce yeah, it hereeth hereeth yeah <laughs> yeah, right. cute. I'm seeing this girl at the moment um, who's English and she used the word coach the other day I was like oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact you're trying to be Welsh it's really nice <laughs> it's like really cute it's like um, yeah like I said about um, I'm the only Welsh person in my family and I come from like um, a bit of a kind of you know not a too mixed lineage they are still all kind of white <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. so like Irish um, and English and Australian so it's kind of and then being Welsh as well, it's kind of saying this the other day, it's kind of all four very heavy drinking cultures. <laughs> so that's that's kind of interesting. So you're well. good to go on yeah, and rise out yeah, with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm also quite experienced there. To yeah. Deal with it. But yeah, it's kind of, and then that kind of brings me back to um, uh, like both of you, because like, I think it's really interesting. So you, did you meet in university? Yeah, we met doing our master's. Cool. So we, you know, Alana moved from Boston and I moved from Liverpool for this at the same time. And uh and we met in uh, just walking across the road to the, to the towards the university for, for an open, open mic, mic night. Okay. All right. That's when we first met. And cool. um, I was kind of like, "Please make a band with me. I want a band." And he's like, "No, I just got out of a band. I'm never doing that again." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it. I promised changed. myself I'd never be in a band again. Yeah. I really promised. Yeah, yeah. And uh, look at the state of me now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we were like, 
just like scouring our course for people we could like pick out and there was literally one drummer <laughs> so we took him that's um lucas our drummer that's how the three of us yeah. met so um yeah i mean i kind of jumped ahead a bit but that's yeah it's interesting that you know you get people we're just talking about like friends from you know poland and mexico and stuff and the fact that you get to meet i just love the fact that you get to meet people from you know different cultures and even that's you know it. yeah it's, it doesn't seem like you know it's not like completely far-fetched you know but it's still kind of it's an interesting blend and um boston's a port isn't it yes yeah so it's, it's just Liverpool. across the ocean yeah. from here. It's interesting. So there's kind of a little bit of correlation in that. It's extremely similar. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's like I think it might be the closest American city, like geographically, to here. Mm. And it's also, I think, the most like British American city, like vibe-wise too. Yeah. So it's okay. not that different. But it's very British is broad. It's very. Scouse, well, Boston, yeah, Irish Scouse. Yeah. Oh yeah, well yeah, I know that's that's another thing that's I know about Boston. It. It's very Irish. I, Boston to, Irish. When I was yeah. studying abroad a couple of years ago in Denmark, and I went to visit um, Dublin, and I was like, oh, I just came home. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's exactly yeah. the same. I think, and so that's another city that I would kind of think, like, imagine when I yeah. you know to, in the same breath as Liverpool and Boston, you yeah. Dublin as well. It's kind of an interesting kind of mixture of you know cultures and and Cardiff though, and that's yeah. why we, yeah. we feel totally at home here because. I think, you know, especially, you know, within the sort of confines of the city, mm. um, you never meet two people quite the same. You know, a lot of people have come from various different backgrounds and a lot of people mm. are from various different creeds. And I think the more a city becomes a melting pot, the more a city becomes, you know, so everybody has a different experience. Everyone has a different life experience. I mm. really think that's the most rewarding place to be. Yeah, and like that. most of the people that we meet, um, because we're so much like in the music scene and stuff, have come here specifically to like pursue creative things, which is cool because mm. you meet like all these creative, open-minded people with like weird things to bring to the table and different ideas and stuff. And, you know, I often compare Cardiff to Bristol and London like, feels like Bristol's like the older brother and all like, and then the London's like the dad like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 to be uh, patriarchal about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I compare it like Boston and New York. I feel like yeah. Cardiff is like Boston and London's like New York and New yeah. York has always been like too much for me. Oh, I love New York. When I, like, I like yeah. it for a weekend. Yeah. Oh, I spe- but that's how I feel about London. Yeah. Like exactly. I wouldn't ever yeah. want to live there, Same. but it's kind of it's like, like overwhelming. Yeah. But it's, you know, I think, and so you're right about like the melting pot and Bristol similar and, and mm-hmm. similar, yeah. and, but then you've got, you know, Manchester, which is kind of like very, you know, focused on its indie side. And then it kind of New, Newcastle is kind of quite like a bit loud. Obviously Liverpool is very famous for a certain band. Yes. But then, the Lars. <laughs> <laughs> what was the music scene like in Liverpool when you were growing up? So, well, I had an interesting, like, sort of... So, basically, um, I'm from an area in Liverpool called Norris Green. And um, when I was a kid, there was a lot of crime. The crime was rising in Mm. Norris Green in that particular place. And we moved. My mum moved with my nan. uh, And we moved down to um, a place called Hatfield, which is uh, near... I don't know if you've heard of St Albans. or Mm. Yeah. So, it's just down the road. I went to school in St Albans and stuff. So, we would... We lived there, which was, you know, just outside of London. Mm-hmm. And obviously for all my Easter holidays and all Christmas, we would go back to Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And so I never moved back up north until I was uh, 19, going on 20 for university. Mm-hmm. And I missed that. It was only when I started live, living in Liverpool full time again, which is after I finished university, that I became sort of involved in the music scene. And I found it was different than what I thought it would be. 
Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of talent there. Mm. There's a lot of talent there. Um, I feel like Cardiff is a little more open to opportunities, to new people, to a uh, championing that music. But in Liverpool, it seems like every single person is a musician. Like mm. everyone you meet is a musician. So I don't know. You know, I think uh, I think it was it was really cool. It wasn't the place for me uh, musically. And that's why one of the reasons why I moved here. But mm. you can't deny the influence of of the Beatles. You mm. just can't. I mean, in all of the bands that are that are going in Liverpool that I've that I've heard of, or all the people who've moved from somewhere to Liverpool, say for university, and they've stayed in bands. Everyone's a Beatlehead. Like <laughs> you, you know, it, it is the psychedelic scene and stuff in Liverpool is massive. And yeah, the psychedelic folk and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So you just can't deny it. You know, it's 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 pretty incredible. Are you a big Beatles fan? <laughs> I'm like obsessed oh, right. obviously yeah. um, <laughs> the no. biggest Beatles fan ask him like a really obscure question about I wouldn't be able to because I <laughs> you know know very little about what's the off. third note of she's leaving home oh well I don't know that off the top of it I'll, I'll go give us a second <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be impressive it like, would, it I'm, would. Like, I'm obsessed with bands but I'm, I'm not that obsessed with bands <laughs> <laughs> You're going to like remember it later and be kicking yourself. I watched um, a documentary on BBC uh, over Christmas and it was about the, when the Beatles played, whenever they played live. So it's kind of documenting whenever they were playing live. And obviously that ended at a certain point and then it, it finished when they played on top of Abbey Road. And for me, like, you know, I never had that, you know, I knew bits and pieces of the Beatles growing up and I never had that kind of overwhelming influence. I think my parents kind of were you know, grew up with the Beatles and so thought of it as kind of this ever present thing. It was mm. something something they kind of introduced to me. But I'm admittedly like not a massive Beatles fan. I'm, I'm yeah, quite all good. I know, I know. That's, I feel bad kind of saying that's that. A, but no, that's okay. I'm putting out a totally you... normal response to yeah. that. But inside, I'm going crazy. <laughs> inside, you're like, wow, can you? But I do um, completely understand their influence, and uh, you know, I hear it everywhere. You know, yeah. when I listen to Beatles, I'm like. In my mind, I'm going, oh, I can hear 30 other bands who are influenced yeah. by yeah, that from it. that. And I think maybe that's why I've kind of, you know, wasn't ever into them because I was like, you know, I'm hearing a lot more in the new stuff. I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's kind of, it's a bit of a weird kind of musical philosophy I have where I'm, I want to hear like the newest, the newest yeah. stuff. Yeah, I no, feel like, you know, you enough. can't deny the influence oh, and like course. that they're an amazing band and stuff, but like you don't have to be an Elliot size fan. Mm, you don't. Like, I, I, it just helps. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Obviously, as a sound engineer as well, I was like, you know, I we owe them so much for their experimentation and the way they, they, you know, got things, you know, just kind of went, let's see what this hap what happens when we do this, and yeah. and now that's kind of influencing, you know, there's a sound desk over there. It's like, you know, nine percent of that stuff on that desk is probably influenced by, you know, yeah. what happened in Abbey Road. Like, of course, so, yeah. but a lot of a lot of people, which I I kind of understand, they they the sort of slight that they have on the Beatles is kind of all of these scholars and all of these um, journalists and all of these things chose to start writing about the Beatles and all of this other music mm. doesn't fall by the wayside, obviously, because there's legendary bands, you know, the likes of the Beach Boys and yeah. obviously all these people. But people think that the Beatles got a kind of an unfair... Why is everyone writing about yeah. them all the time when uh, Frank Zappa was doing this, yeah. when uh, Jefferson Airplane was doing this, when, you know... And people think that there's a kind of a romantic connection to the Beatles. Like, I kind of understand, but I don't care because <laughs> I, I honestly, like I romanticize about their music mm. yeah. so much because it just, whatever that 
thing is, I mean, you could probably scientifically explain it, mm. but whatever that thing is, we talked about it earlier, that word. That frisson, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That times a billion is when I hear the Beatles, like especially Paul McCartney, mm. like he just sp- speaks to the energy that comes out of those songs just kind of speaks to me. And so, you know, I think a lot of Beatles fans and a lot of music fans are like that with some band. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. They're just yeah. mine and they happen to be, the that band is has the most people that feel like that about mm. them. I think that's kind yeah. of what it is. That's, yeah. that's completely fair, isn't it? I think. Yeah. You There's know. definitely that magic in the songs. Like the songs, I agree, like totally, you know, deserve that. For me, a lot of it is um, like growing up, we would drive to New York a lot because like my extended family lived there and we would always listen to the Beatles in the car. So now when I hear them, I'm like, oh, I like, it's so ingrained in mm. like my memories that it like, it feels like comfortable, you know? It's definitely, yeah. Melodies and stuff. It's interesting how music can do that sometimes yeah. where it's yeah. like, you just go, oh, I remember that. Oh, yeah. I feel like a lot of people like our generation and stuff grew up like that because their parents probably had it on all the time. Yeah. So um, talking about Liverpool, did you were you born in Boston? You, no, I'm kind of a poser. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, I no, I don't mind. I'm not, I'm not a Bostonian. I, I grew up um, outside of Boston in a town called Boxborough um, that has like more cows than people. Um, <laughs> and let's see, yeah. So I never really lived in Boston until this past year when I kind of got kicked out of the UK for nine months, and then I lived in Boston. Um, at my parents have an apartment there now. Like, um, so I stayed there for nine months and just worked and kind of, that was my first, I, I lived in Chicago, like for college. So it, I kind of was more of a Chicagoan for a while yeah. than a Bostonian, but, but. I mean, I know it's interesting then being from rural, rural America. Rural. Rural. That's a hard <laughs> word to say on a Sunday morning. Rural. Just about Sunday morning. Um, you know, when I think about rural Britain, I think of kind of certain things, but then rural America is, you know, it's certainly different. And, you know, I'm, as well as being like Yankafada about culture and stuff, I'm very interested in uh, the politics of America. Oh. Mm-hmm. And obviously I'm not going to, you know, talk about the elephant in the room currently, but it's the way, you know, different regions of America are very, you know, different. It's the same in Britain, of course. It, yeah. And I, you know, the, how Liverpool is compared to you know how London is and how the north and to the south. Those are kind of interesting to to know. And I'm you know I admit that I'm not that you know you wouldn't maybe you wouldn't expect me to be, but as a kind of someone who's self-confessed obsessed with America, Southam. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that much about Massachusetts. So what's what what can you? talk to me like describe it for me <laughs> describe the whole state let's well say. no no um, but may, maybe particularly like where you came from okay boxborough massachusetts let's see um i grew up on a hill in the forest um we used i feel like i'm telling like a fairy tale or something we used to um sled down the hill to get to the bus stop in the winter that's the kind of like <laughs> wow. environment okay. that i was in okay um so not like lots of snow you know you didn't have like flat lands like no Iowa. not in my town yeah 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 yeah, um, lots of snow, lots of um, nothing else. Mm. <laughs> uh, lots of like pretty leaves in the fall. It's also like I'm very much, the seasons are so ingrained in me now, like yeah. even in my songwriting and stuff, because it was such a big part of like how I grew up. Like in the fall, um, me and my mom used to go out and like smell the air because you could smell like the apples and mm. 
all the leaves were really pretty and like i don't know it was just like a thing for us and halloween was big i love halloween yeah. and then like we used to get like feet of snow every winter and we'd get like all these snow days and i don't know spring and summer and just like you know whatever but like yeah, that's, yeah I I guess. that's pretty beautiful though when you think about it because we just like we like open our windows and we're like oh fumes yeah rain excellent it's raining again yeah especially yeah it's kind of that seems like I don't know. It seems almost idyllic for people like us who've grown up in the city. That kind of idea of the snow and the season. It's funny because yeah. for me, the city was idyllic. I was when I was growing up. I was always like, I want to be in the city. I want to be doing cool stuff. I want to like be around like cool hipster people. Blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you know. I just I every where I grew up, everyone just wore like sweat like gray sweatpants and gray sweatshirts and had buzz cuts, and they were all like exactly the same and i was like i'm so bored yeah. i want to go to the city but now that i like live in the city i'm like well actually that was pretty nice like, yeah i think you know it's it's both it's like that grass is always greener mentality yeah. yeah and then i think when you get older you kind of want more like peace and relaction time. yeah so i think of, a yeah. little bit of both is nice i mean obviously cardiff isn't like very countryside as a city but mm. um i lived in chicago right before i moved here and like for me this is like such a nice break because chicago yeah. is like a really tough place to 100 live. mile an hour city isn't yeah. it yeah it's like really i loved living there for four years but i don't think i could have done any more like it was a really nice place to live temporarily for someone like me but cardiff is just like i always describe it to people who ask as like a TV show city. It's like, you know, when you're watching a TV show and they live in like a city, but they always run into people they know and yeah. everyone's just like really friendly. Oh, and God. It feels like that. That's a really good analogy for it. It is. I never thought of it like that before. That's cool. Yeah, you're right. Like I went to um, this gig last week in, in club and it was just like, you know, I used to remember being, you know, I started going to shows when I was 15, 16. I didn't really know anyone and you would just stand there between bands and I was, I didn't, it was before smartphones even, so I was just there just kind of like just standing, waiting yeah. for for the next band. But now it's kind of, you know, the band almost, almost interrupts your conversation, which, kind yeah. of, which is another matter entirely, yeah. isn't it? But like, <laughs> I know people, like, sometimes they'll be like, oh, how can you go out to shows, like, by yourself and not, like, worry about... I'm like, I'm never actually by myself because yeah. if I go out to a show by myself, I always run into, like, 10 people I know. Even when I'm here and I'm working, like, people come up and have yeah. a chat with me, like... I'd love to talk to you, but yeah. <laughs> but that's that's it. You can you can legitimately just go out and for a pint, or you could go yeah. out and watch a band or, and stuff like that. And it's so nice to feel like um, yeah. you're never alone in Cardiff. And it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's like it's, a small town, but it's also a yeah. city. But when um, I, you know, when I first start talking to like artists, like new artists in in Cardiff, I was like, yeah, just go out and see gigs because the sooner yeah. you get to know everyone, like the you know sooner you can get into the scene. And I think that's a real big element of. Um, of Cardiff it's very easy to get into the scene if you if you're if you are not only if you're you know I, I feel bad for like all the kind of antisocial musicians out there yeah. but like but know. like music is such a cool thing because you can go out to a show to meet people and like when the band starts playing you don't actually have to talk to anyone so you get a break you shouldn't talk to anyone <laughs> yeah exactly exactly which is nice for like if you're like an introvert like me yeah. um you know you can have like a, a little bit of small talk and then just like watch and not say anything for a while. <laughs> Have a few beers. Yeah, yeah. I know it's and you know, there's the stuff like soon and hub as well where you can just like have a whole weekend of oh, yeah. hub fest is and free amazing. for all as well, yeah, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. You know, it's all of those like, yeah. those are great. Talk, talking of another metaphor, a really good metaphor that um Rob from Junior Bell came up like told me about was uh, hub festivals like tuning a radio. 
I know like some people don't do that anymore, but like, or, you know, oh, putting yeah. your Spotify on shuffle yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. I guess, um, would be the equivalent for millennials. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and you just go from venue to venue and it's like something different every time. And it's, it's like, so cool. And, you know, that, you know, that doesn't just go for hub or like soon or something. It's, you know, it goes for a city and it's, it's great. And I think it's kind of, and the fact that people in Cardiff are so open to do that as well. Yeah. Totally. That's like the main reason I chose Cardiff to move to because... Um, I loved the fact that, especially like Women Be Street, all the venues are so close together that you actually can go to like all the shows in one night and see everyone. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know people who do that, and I'm like, oh, you just exhausted. <laughs> or you just you you know you there's bands that you want to see, yeah. and it's like obviously it's you know it sucks to have to sort of walk out of someone's show, yeah. but you want to see this band on this bill, but then somebody's playing in Tiny Rebel, so we have to go yeah, over to Tiny yeah. Rebel and watch yeah. them, and then oh somebody's playing in oh, I don't know. God club so we have to go to yeah. club in the night and then we come back to them and you know whatever but everything's just so close like even if you're walking across town to like porters or something it's like yeah you can be there in like 10 minutes and yeah. come back i i was and then i was about to say you know what was the music scene in boston like but then it's kind of like it's hard to yeah so i know boston music rooms. we have probably, a different thing about boston's music scene don't we i could probably better tell you about the chicago yeah. music scene i'm, if I'm, I'm curious about that yeah um because I went to music House school there. House of Blues. Yeah, we have one in Boston too. Um, the one in Chicago is a little smaller, so my friends' bands in college actually played there a couple of times, which was cool. The um, Aragon Ballroom? Yeah. I've actually See. never been there, yeah. which is really stupid because I lived down the street from it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mostly went to like dive bars because that's where like the bands that I went to school with were ah, playing nice, and stuff. Awesome. And I actually I was I was kind of in a band in college, but we weren't like a band band yeah. it was just like a bit of fun it was like a punk band we played at the u chicago frat parties for a while <laughs> which was awesome um but i used to go see <laughs> i want to i want to kind of explain like if you would i know i don't know american culture is so pervasive in british society that i think everyone knows what a frat party is yeah. but still, it's oh, okay like... it's so my school didn't have them because i went to art school yeah, yeah. but um <laughs> of there's no art schools there's no art frat parties in art school artists aren't yeah, the frat yeah. types usually my brother was actually in a frat so i actually learned how to drink from a frat boy which was cool um he's a year older than me so they're just like you know houses of guys that live together and party all the time like, from what it's i like gather. lads like you imagine yeah, like a flat full of lads, lads yeah, house. yeah 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 that's cool so but then being in like music college in, and it, were you in music college in liverpool as well? uh, i went to um manchester metropolitan all right to do music and um and then that was kind of like a really weird kind of situation because the campus that I was in was in Crew in Cheshire. Mm. Now Crew is like um I don't know if you're familiar with Crew, it's like working class town, north of England, um, good people. Um it's very small and the there was like there was one venue. Mm. <laughs> there was one venue, it's called the Box, it's sadly shut down now, but uh, they would have like um you know, like all the tribute acts, like, yeah, you know, yeah, you'd yeah. be like, oh, he was on next week. And they'd be like, oh, Ted Zeppelin. And you're like, all oh, right, okay. <laughs> so there was a lot of that going on. <laughs> it's like Narrow Park has Tusk. Tusk. <laughs> or like um, Cashmere. That's it, exactly. Joshua Tree. <laughs> all the cover bands Joshua from the My Little Tree. Town. Brilliant. Uh, playing the hits of U2, Joshua <laughs> yeah. Tree. Yeah. was my friend on Wednesday. He's like, oh, my next gig's, I'm going to see Guns, Two Roses. Like, That's it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Awesome. So you know those those uh, those musicians are great. You know, I, I, so you'd go and watch that. But there was every Tuesday night, obviously, because when you're at uni, I mean, I shouldn't have. And I actually nearly got booted out in my first year because uh, I fell I fell behind with all my work because I was 
I was, I was out partying, yeah, like, if I'm honest. Same. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So I, um, I remember, like, they told me mum I was going to get booted out and she had to write a letter to tell them. Oh, my God. Wow. That close, that close, huh? that close, oh, yeah. my God. I, but I, ter- I turned it around and I finished uh, yeah, with her first yeah. class honours, so it was like... Uh, wow. You know, well yeah, yeah. I, I was I was like, oh, my God, all my family hate me. So I was like, oh, I've got to sort it out. But anyway, yeah, there was uh, every Tuesday night at this place called The Box. It's like a sweaty like mm. oh my god like every drink was like a pound or whatever and um <laughs> sometimes me and my band at the time were called the black lights right so we would play there we would play at uh at the box and it was such an amazing like weird time because you know we were we were all right but we we were um, you know we went like now i'd be like oh god i'm not gonna play that sort of stuff yeah, yeah. but you do it and then um you'd sort of party with everyone after and you know the dj would come on like uh TJ was the DJ at the time and uh, TJ, TJ the, the DJ. DJ. Yeah, Tej. Tej the Deej. And um, and then you'd sort of party with everyone. But that was the only sort of place that you could go and play apart from maybe a little pub or mm. everything like that. So there wasn't much room for doing stuff. So we would go to Liverpool or we would go to Manchester and then we ended up um, uh, signing a very ill-fated management deal in London. So we would go to London and do some stuff and all that sort of stuff. But um, it was tough it wasn't like chicago as you were saying like there was dive bars there was different yeah, places you could go thing to you about know? chicago though and this drives me crazy because uh america um mm-hmm. it, you're in university from the time you're like 18 to 22 if you're a normal person i was like 17 to 21 because i was whatever i skipped kindergarten um so anyway the drinking age is 21 oh yeah you can't get into bars to play music <sighs> until then that bizarre. So it's so That's stupid crazy. so you gra- basically i graduated right after i i had a fake id like everyone does yeah, yeah. Yeah. but right to, after yeah. i was legally allowed to play the bars that i need to play to do what i want to do oh, no. i like, like moved away I find it frustrating enough, like, that we have 18 plus here and, like, sometimes, yeah. like, Friday and Saturdays here, technically not allowed anyone under 18 in the mm-hmm. venue. And it's like, fuck, that's, it's, I hate it. But it's- I will say one of the things, one of the best things I noticed being here is that people actually come to your shows more often. And I think part of that is because, like, at the start, you know, before you have a fan base and stuff, because there's so many students and the students are actually allowed to go to shows <laughs> and they have the time and money to go to shows, people actually go. And, like... You know, you have a lot of up and coming bands here because they're allowed to go to the venues to play. Yeah, it's true. like ridiculous yeah. in America. Just have to think about like how lucky we are. For yeah, that. Like, yeah, that's totally. Crazy. Like, yeah, I, it's a long time. Three years. I mean, eighteen. God, is yeah. Like, if I, years, if I, it is. A, you know, it's it's like like precious time that you can't get back to build your career and stuff. Yeah. Like, if I moved here sure. earlier, we might be, you know, yeah. we might be like even further along. Yeah. Like three years more further along. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Billy Eilish just turned eighteen, and you're like. She can't play. Yeah, like it's those like venues. how? Do, yeah, how yeah. I don't understand how people like that have gotten so far because they can't get in anywhere. I remember like. there was um, this band I really liked uh, growing up because they were the same age as me. I kind of found about them as this um, kind of iconic magazine that was um, called Plan B, and they started on. I think they started on a number, certain number of an issue, and then went down because they said they were only going to do this many copies of the magazine. It's quite a famous. It's, um, it's edited by Everett True. It's this music mm. journalist from America who um, ironic, uh, iconically or possibly maybe had uh, introduced Kurt Cobain to Courtney Love. and was quite a big like writer in the wow. grunge era. Um, so he made this magazine called Plan B and my sister had a copy and she just showed me this band called Smoosh. And I really oh, heard of them. Yeah, and they um, uh, they were my age. Like the, the older one was my age. And I was like, 
that's amazing. Like I was like really into music, obviously, but then and they were supporting Pearl Jam and Jimmy World oh, no. and Death Cup for Cutie and stuff, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. And like yeah. you know, I listened to their music. I was like, you know, obviously it's a bit rough around the edges, but it's like there's something in there clearly. Um, you know, and it's, people saw them as like maybe a bit of a gimmick or whatever. But um, but obviously being, I think they, when I started Instrument, I was fourteen. And, that's you know, really young yeah to be 14 like, one, one was 14 and one was 12 and then wow. and obviously then when they want to play certain venues they just can't yeah and they yeah so i i i felt like shared their frustration because i was the same i wanted mm. to go to shows and it, it I just is couldn't. it's like you really should be able to come play and like just not drink I the think. thing yeah. is for music that there's a lot of th- okay so i feel like a lot of the laws and a lot of the um regulations in just general everyday life is kind of box checking so yep. they'll tick boxes and they'll they'll cross boxes and it's just box checking one size fits all but that's not obviously how life box. is not mm. like that right and creative things like music does not fit, fit like mm. that little things like you can't park your car in a certain place to unload your equipment yeah. now that's just another thing that's like Right, I understand that the average, um, your general nice Cardiffian citizen can't park their car there because it's in the way. I totally get that. But if you're at work and you're a musician and you have to park the car just to get your equipment out and then you can disappear, what is the problem with that? You should be able to apply for a license. The same like in America, if you're a musician under the age of 21, you should be able to apply for a license to be able to play the venues. That's the yeah. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so basically college is, unless you're like, I don't know, unless you're some weird exception like Billie Eilish or whatever, it's kind of like a write-off. Like you just have to wait until you're basically past the point where you should already be playing venues to start. The idea like, so so many bands in Cardiff, like I know, yeah, 21 or under and and it's like the idea that they'd have to wait to... (laughs) <laughs> they have to wait to play in a venue it's so it's stupid it's, yeah, it's that's really... why like we had a lot of house parties and like DIY stuff yeah. in Chicago which is cool like you can build a crowd that way but it's not really the same mm. when I was a teenager as well so kind of going back to that that idea that I couldn't get into certain shows I really wanted to start like an all ages movement yeah but I think it's there's a stronger current of that in America because the there is the thing is that I found I was really like pro that like yeah all ages like let's get this going blah blah, blah. back in the day like and then you turn 21 and it's like eh, whatever well exactly <laughs> yeah, so I know, lose the I know. but then yeah and i found that as well i found lots of people who like really into music with teenagers as soon as they get to 18 they're like oh it doesn't matter anymore yeah exactly but for me i still work with young people yeah and i, I think I it's great have, like so. people should but i don't know I, I guess you get so busy with all the new stuff you're allowed to do that you yeah you but know. no i was i always kind of like because i had a friends around similar age and then you know started working still doing youth music and stuff for yeah, a long time i was always kind of just like no you know we need to make it as successful as possible mm. but then in the meantime like you know working here and understanding the music industry better and like you know bar culture better and stuff like that it's you know it's not just about alcohol it's about responsibility and kind of yeah. looking after and, and and things like that like i don't want to have 15 year old now it's not like i don't want to have them but i feel like I feel responsible if there is a 15-year-old here at midnight on a Saturday night. Oh, of course. And I'm like... Maybe they'd yeah, have but, to bring a guardian. Yeah, that's but the it's, thing. Like, if they bring, yeah. you know, their parents or their older sibling then, or whatever, like, know, what's the problem? But when you're 15, do you want to bring a... No, yeah. but it's better than not going, isn't it? Yeah. To a show. Yeah, yeah. I remember... We used to have to lie when I was in my first band. Yeah. Like, well, I did. Oh, yeah. I was the only oh, one yeah. Wasn't I remember we, I we played in... I 
can't remember, but I remember having to lie uh, yeah. to play places. We, yeah. we had shows pulled from too. us because we were under 18. I remember we um, I put on a really good friend's band now, that, um, but I'd never met them. Before that night, uh, we put on a band from Leeds called Vessels and um, we put them on in 10 feet tall. And obviously 10 feet tall was an 18 plus venue and mm. we were 16. <laughs> <laughs> so they came around and ID'd people and they were like, you have to leave. I'm like, we can't, we're promoting the show. So yeah, that was pretty interesting. Did you have to stay? Yeah, did so we, we, stay? we did let oh, us stay. Cool. Yeah, oh, nice. yeah, obviously, like, because um, I had to, because they were staying at my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> Six guys from Leeds, like, <laughs> forever, left forever in like, oh man, this is, it's awesome now to see what they're doing. But um, yeah, so talking of kind of gigs and stuff, I mean, I will go back to another question I'm going to ask, but do you remember your first gigs? <laughs> um, yeah, well... My first gig, like, with a band that wasn't, like, you know, a guitar recital or something. I was 13, and it was at this place called Savory Lane, um, which was a sandwich shop, which I think has <laughs> now since closed and been replaced by something else that closed and then something else that closed. So it's, like, one of those cursed spots. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. There's one up My there. My whole town's yeah, yeah. full of those because <laughs> no one ever goes to anything. But anyway, so, yeah, I was in this... <laughs> <laughs> I was in this band called Help Demolish Barbie, which is like, oh, uh, we were, we were <laughs> was so. It, was it like a punk band? No, we were. Ju- I was thirteen. They were like eleven and twelve. Like we were just crap, basically. But it was you know our first band. But <laughs> gotta um, start somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. We got like all our friends and family to come to this sandwich shop. It was actually the day Michael Jackson died. I remember for some reason. <laughs> and you were thirteen. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm old. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah. I don't know. We we had a song about every day of the week. <laughs> it was like we had like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like all. It's just it was, like that Black Eyed song. Like, yeah. It, it was just you know. Yeah, no, but I, what else can you say? But you're right. You like, but you have to start somewhere. Yeah. And the fact that you know, I always want, you know, it's this, coming back to this whole age thing about venues. Like, the sooner you start, the sooner you're gonna get better. Like, it's I, true. Yeah, like it's kind of you, know, you have to start them, start as young as possible to kind of to get to get my. So I've got a seven year old daughter, and um, she's really into. Do you know Hannah 2K? Yeah, you mentioned yeah. her earlier. Yeah. She's really. I got her really into Hannah 2K. And then they did this gig in um, the old library, the Vision Money Lounge in the old library. And it, and I realized I was going to, I was going to give them a hand, but then I realized that I could bring her because it was like in the middle of the day. And I yeah. was like, oh, great. And like, she could go see So, her. and that was her first gig. Oh, cool. And then we did a show in here and I was like, I like, messaged her and I was like, do you mind if I bring her to soundcheck? And so she was like literally sat here watching Hannah soundcheck. And I was like, was she like, yeah, I was like, cool dad points. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, you know, I, you know, as soon as she was born, I was getting her into music. Yeah. Yeah, Because I just think, you know, the earlier you get into it, the better you've grown. Yeah. Especially if she decides she wants to like play music. Yeah. She plays guitar now. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, she just sent me a song that she's written. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow. Is that you? Yeah. I used to, (laughs) I used to um, play softball when I was like 10 or something and I would stand in the outfield because no one ever hit the ball out there and just like, (laughs) I know know that feeling. That was me as well. (laughs) I would just like, stick a in the outfield. (laughs) No, I was actually okay. And then when it comes towards you, you're like, ah. <laughs> no, no. For me, first, this is me firstly. Oh, he's <laughs> Alana, slagging me Alana, off. Alana's I, I pulling a, a very indignant face. Yeah. <laughs> 
forget I ever mentioned it. I was I was gonna tell you something about my songwriting past, but now you don't get to hear it. No. Oh, whatever. Was it was it that you were songwriting in when you were in the outfield? That's so may or may not have that's been so cute. That's so <laughs> amazing, right? I don't I don't remember any of the songs, like because yeah. I didn't have paper. I was yeah, in you just outfield. Played. I had my glove on, but yeah. So what about your first gig? Do you remember? I do. I, I do, yeah. Um, so, okay, so I finished school at um, 16. No, I was 15. I was 15, you know, and then it was it was June or whatever, yeah. and then I turned 16. And um, I did sixth form, and I hated it. I was rubbish at it. I was like, I was totally over it, you know what I mean? Um, and so I decided, at this point, I was... I'd only just recently got back into playing guitar. I had like a couple of lessons when I was 11. The guitar went into the cupboard mm. and I just still couldn't play and I picked it out up again to impress a girl when I was like 15. <laughs> as you do. As you do. As you do. As yeah. you do. Um, <laughs> when I was like 15. And um, so I was noodling away. Anyway, uh, after I finished, I, well, I left sixth form like halfway through and I went to college to do um construction management i was going to be a quantity surveyor um which was like my both my uncles were in construction and i was like okay well it seems like a great way to be you know so i, I went to anyway meanwhile uh, i got a call off some lad who i'd met he's still my friend now dave got a call from dave who i'd met briefly at a party like before and he was like elias i heard you play guitar and i was like uh yeah yeah and he went He's dead cockney, actually. He's like, he went, all right, mate, Dave Freeman, like that, on the phone. I was like, all right, Dave. And he's like, you play guitar? Well, we're looking for a bass player. Could you do, <laughs> could you do that? And I was like, I swear, I swear to God, right, I didn't know what a bass was at the time. I just thought... 60. At wow. 60, I just thought everybody played guitars. Well, yeah, no... I can see that. Do you know what like, I mean? I I, could... It looks the same. So yeah, I was like, it's I'm... just a guitar, isn't it? I know. So I was like... Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I don't want to, yeah, bass definitely. So that's the kind of the thing that I've adopted throughout my life. I was just say yeah, yeah. <laughs> figure you it out later. Like, did I? Yeah. And um, I don't do that. Don't don't no no no. No, he doesn't do that. You I just made that up. Okay. Hey, yeah. can you play my cousin's wedding? <laughs> yeah. So um, so yeah, it, and then I turned up to practice. They handed me this thing, and I was like, "What the bloody hell's this?" Yeah. And so they were telling me the chords. said to just play the yeah. play the root notes, and I'm like, okay. So you're like, what's a root note? What's a root? Of course. <laughs> but I ended up, you know, working my way around. Anyway, I was doing this construction management course. I hated it. And um, one night we had this gig at a place called the Horn in St Albans, and I remember feeling sick because I was that nervous about playing, you know. And I, and there's a picture of me. I was in like a little red jumper. I looked <laughs> hilarious, and uh, with this bloody monstrosity of a bass <laughs> on me I'd, uh, and I'd done the gig and I remember as soon as I finished I was like I'm going to be a musician that's it there's no there's no other thing that I can do in my life that that was the best thing I've ever done and the next day I went into college and um, um, we were learning to draw houses because you have to learn to sketch you know and we started with one brick so they put a brick in the middle of the class and we had to sketch this brick and I'm sketching this brick thinking like last night I was playing a gig like I was playing music in front of people and now I'm sketching a brick and I was like, nah. And I put my bend down and I was like, lads, I'm off. And they went, what do you mean? Uh, I said, I've got to go be a musician. Uh, sketching went, a brick sounds like fun though. I would do that. Does it? Like art class. How old were you? 
17. Yeah. It's not funny when you're 17. It's not funny. I love dark class when no, I'm 17. Yeah, but it's a brick. It's, it was yeah, a brick. It's, it's not like you you're know, being artistic about the brick. You're literally you're drawing literally a brick. You're literally drawing yeah. a brick. And I was like, oh, like, that, And so I just, I, I remember calling my mum and went, mum, just, I've just walked out. And she went, oh, I was respectful, you know, when I left. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. And she went, oh, and I, and I said, she said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to be a musician, mum. And she went, oh, God. Yeah. And she went, okay, well, we'll, we'll discuss, you know. And she's uh, absolutely supported me ever since, you know, since that day. So um, that was the first gig and it led to, to where we are now, which is cool. So you mentioned earlier that you met in in uni doing mm. Emmy songwriting. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And Matt's, uh, Matt Evans. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh. What a dude. Oh my what God, that guy. Keys album though. Oh, it's so It's like good. the best thing I've heard in so long. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. I love the title alone. Like, oh, yeah. it's brilliant. I love the artwork. Yeah. He used to slag me songs off, obviously, and like marking them and he'd yeah, be like, yeah. oh, and I'd be like, what are you talking about? This yeah, is bloody yeah. great. And now it's like, you know, obviously. Now you see why. <laughs> what totally? I'm like, oh my god, no wonder he slagged me songs off back then. He's a he's amazing. He's a genius. He never like he should be a multimillionaire. Yeah, like yeah. you wouldn't think so, talking to him, so but oh my god. And stuff. Yeah. Just, I've just written brilliant. a bunch of songs with him too. Like sometimes he needs help with his lyrics and well he doesn't need it, but he asks yeah. for and it's just like such a cool process because the way he writes is just like it's not like anyone I've ever worked with. It's like so cool. We do um like songwriting stuff with him for Forte. And I remember sitting on in one of the sessions that's going, God, I've never even thought about songwriting this way. Like I know I'm not like a kind of full time musician like you guys or like I know I've dabbled here and there and being yeah. in bands and like writing songs and stuff, but I was just like kind of going, I've literally never thought of songwriting like that. It's crazy. He really did open my eyes, certainly. And from the first day of that course i think we both like because ilana, ilana like don't mind me saying it Ilana's super talented she's got this natural this amazing natural ability to to pluck these beautiful ideas out and i don't have that right mm. i just don't so i had to kind of figure out another way to get to get there and matt really opened my eyes to get to where i am now and just even improved ilana like tenfold like he's amazing i'd advise anybody who's into their songwriting to uh to have a look at that master's course with Matt Evans because he's a genius. Well, Elliot's like very much like the way I describe us a lot of the time is like art and craft. Like he's amazing at the craft and the arrangement and stuff. So a lot of the time I'll bring my like loosely structured, like random hmm. stuff songs and he'll just like tighten them up. But, um, it was great. So I came like straight out of university um where they didn't have a songwriting major so i was like a guitar major and i always wanted to do songwriting and i came straight from that to this course and the first thing matt told us was like you know it was something along the lines of like there's a bunch of different types of musicians but the songwriters are kind of like the freaks of the musicians <laughs> and nobody kind of gets us and like we're just the weird people who don't fit in and i was like oh my god i'm in such the right place yeah, like yeah. finally <laughs> Yeah, it's like that songwriter. So um, other people I know have done that course are, are like Larry Harrod yeah. and um, Katie from Chroma. And it's like, you know, I watched, I've watched Katie do um, a songwriting session. She did it for some college students. And I was like, God, yeah, like this is, you know, it's just another way of looking at songs. Like people, yes. you know, the average, I don't know. I don't know how the average 
music fan. I don't think I've ever met an average music fan. No. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know how like you know the just the kind of regular punter would imagine how songwriting works. But even for me, as someone who kind of has written songs and worked with people who's written songs and stuff, I'm just like sometimes I just can't fathom how people come up with stuff you listen mm. to that's the thing songwriting i feel like for a lot of people is so much about like how their specific like soul and brain work mm. and it doesn't usually make sense to everyone else like everyone has a completely different way of doing it and for me i'm like mostly focused on the lyrics a lot of the time mm. so it's like a lot about how two concepts that you wouldn't think go together like you can connect them somehow in like ways that people wouldn't expect when you say that, it makes me think of the name Glass Jackets. Oh, God. <laughs> so, okay, right. There's this thing about, right. I remember doing this interview with Justin Evans on this podcast. It's like really amazing, like music fan writer kind of dude. He's a really mm. nice guy. And I said, well, I don't, you know, it's a bit of a cliche to ask bands about like why they're called what they're called. But then it's become such a cliche that nobody asks it anymore. And for me, like, you know, there is some bands that I'm like, I'll find out about it or they'll be in their bio, like why they're called that. Like Almoses are called that because they went to see Jesus and Mary Chain and thought it would be like kind of like a oh, biblical name oh. kind of thing. Um, so like that. And Caroline's called Caroline's, Caroline Street. Yeah. And Rotana's are after um, Rotana's shop on Jubilee. Is it? Yeah. Um, the Rotana's. Yeah. 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 So, so that's interesting. They're kind of like brothers in that way. So that's it. What the glass jacket? This story is? sucks bad, by the <laughs> way. I should no. make one. We originally, I make... we were like, um, when we first made the name, we were like, it doesn't mean anything. So whenever someone asks us, we're just going to make up a different story. I did make up a story I once. Was, but is, was it then just the kind of you were trying to put words together and that's what no, happened? No, there is a story. It's just stupid. It's just rubbish. <laughs> right. So we were in. Well, that's, but that's coming from your point of view as it's your bad. Oh, okay. Like, I promise you. Just yeah, listen to it and okay. then tell okay. us okay. Cool, cool. All right. So we were in Tidy Rebel, me, Ilana and Lucas. This was before um, Sarsen joined the band as, as bass player. And uh, we just only had like two practices at this point and I still didn't even want to be in a band. But anyway, mm. we, were, we, were, <laughs> we, were, we were there and I was like, oh, I'm in now. And I. So anyway, we were like, what are we going to be called? And um, we were all, we'd had a few, obviously. Yeah. We were standing at the bar and Ilana had like a cool leather jacket on. And I was like, oh, that's a nice jacket. And then, do you know when, like, somebody is looking the other way and they're wearing glasses and you can see, like, through their glasses and everything's blurry? Yeah. Do you know when you're looking from afar at, yeah, yeah. through a pair of glasses? I don't know. And I saw, and some, like, sort of bloke's head was all, like, yeah. blurry, you know, through Lucas's glasses. And I was like, oh, glasses, glass and jackets, <laughs> glass jackets. And I went, what about glass jackets? And that was it. And we went, all right, let's check if it's Well, taken. that's fine, that's... You know. That's not a bad story because it, it's it's an interesting way of describing why some words fit together. You will just say a couple of words and they'll fit together. And that is almost then, you know, some people base entire songs off that. They'll go, these songs yeah. sound, these words sound good together. I'm going to put them in a song or I'm going to put them in a poem or I'm going to put that in a piece of writing. Yeah. So you saying those words together is a kind of like testament to the way you understand words. And the way well, I guess so, but it always, you know, you also look to explain it. You, you, we look to explain what yeah. is glass jackets. Someone was like, um, you, know? you know, it's it's because you're sensitive, so your jacket is made of glass. Like, no, it's not. Um, well, yeah, but then, but 
that that's the thing. It's like you don't want people to misinterpret it at the same well, time. No, do you? Like, I kind of do want people to it's misinterpret it. It's invisible constraint. That's what it is. Well, that's what like, it means. The thing is, you know, I if think. people misinterpret it, it's like it, it makes me think of, right, like, you know, when you're in English class in high school and you're reading like The Great Gatsby and your teacher's <laughs> like, oh, the green light symbolizes like money and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, it doesn't. He just wrote about a light. That yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Like, who cares, you know? Yeah, but it's, you know, it does mean that in a, in a sense. But it means, you know, an invisible see-through I, kind I'm of like, I want to defend it for you because I think thingy. it's a great name. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. No, so, I like the name. Yeah, I just, yeah. it doesn't... But the other yeah. thing is, was like, when did you start the band? Oh, it was... 2017? Yeah. It was 2017, yeah. yeah. That was when so, we had our first gig. To keep that name for then that long, you must like it. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, but the only thing, well, we haven't, we, we formed in 2017, but we've only actually been active for, I don't know, maybe 11 months, 12 months of that. Yeah, so years. it's been like a really weird journey. Cause yeah, so you mentioned earlier, you yeah, had to go back to America. We, um, the first year we were around, like we had a couple of months where it was like gig after gig after gig and it was amazing. And then obviously the whole visa thing kicked off and that robbed us of a year. In particular, mm-hmm. we were doing hub festival and you said you didn't want to be on the lineup because you were worried yeah so i actually did that it was right after pride i remember i was um my mom was here and we were like marching in the pride parade and i was wearing like a pink wig and a oh, rainbow tutu and stuff I and i was like i'm just gonna play this in costume because no one will recognize me just in case yeah. but because we i think we put like um like secret guest or like secret yeah, set or something because so we didn't want to like i don't know because you but you'd asked us not to put you on the yeah. line just in case how like, crazy is that? that how crazy is that like it was the day the day after our single came out and you have to pretend that you're not even in the country it's, it, it's i can't even like i've horrible. talked about i mean we should talk about it a little bit it's just i'm at the point where i've talked about it so much that yeah. like i literally can't anymore but yeah you can no. talk about it well the only thing is is that um the people who forced Ilana to stop originally um, because, right, okay, so part of our songwriting course was uh, 550 hours or whatever it was of um, of study alone away from, the, away from the university, which means taking your songs, performing them, looking out how you can improve them, getting people's feedback on your songs. That's all she was doing uh, with this band trying out her songs that she was doing for her exams and for for our stuff which she was absolutely killing um and we all were doing really really well Well, and sorry uh, to cut in okay it's kind of like um what we were what you were saying earlier about um ticking boxes because you know like the government they don't understand how music works they think oh she's playing music she's doing well she's making money tick like i'm gonna ship her away kind of thing you know they just don't pay attention obviously we hadn't you know made a single penny obviously i wish we had but we hadn't and so so it was this was may was it may of 2018 danger just came out it had five thousand youtube views in a day and um we had to take it all down and stop just stop all promotion stop all gigging stop everything we stopped right the way through um because because they told Ilana that she couldn't perform they, anymore. The international department of USW 
Nothing to do with the music department. Music Nothing department's brilliant. Music I love department. them. The international department called me up and they were like, hey, you're in a band. Um, you're breaking your visa or something like that. And they're like, oh, because come. Because you're earning your money. Because you're earning money. <laughs> yeah, but I wasn't. I know, I know. Yeah. But they, it's the but impression that you're earning money. Yeah. So basically they had me come in for a compliance meeting where they tried to I make me. They tried to force me to sign this piece of paper that basically like made me guilty. Like if I signed it, it was like. I will stop doing this and doing that. Like things that I wasn't even doing, they made tried to make me sign that. So I was like, no, I'm not signing that. So we waited till they finally changed it to sign it. And then it's this whole long thing where they called me back and they were like, so what's your plans for like applying for a new visa? And I told them I'm applying for this one, blah, blah, blah. I've got all the pieces together. And like, they were like, no, you can't do that. Like it incriminates you. And I was like, what? Um, so basically they had me, they were like, you're only... These people don't know how to do their job is the main point. <laughs> they were like, the only way you can get a visa is by applying for this grad scheme thing through USW. So we spent six months working on that. They were like, you'll probably get it. Three is it people... When, is, is this whilst you're in Chicago? No, I'm oh, here. Right. Okay. They were like, um, you know, we give it to... Three people usually apply. We give it to two people every year. Fine. I was like working super super hard Elliot was helping me we had all these people in on it um this great like business advisor and stuff and so we finally do the shout out to Keith yeah shout out to Keith what a legend we finally get to the day of the presentation it's like the day before um this big comeback gig that we've planned because we're like oh I'll get the thing it'll be fine um this is they've moved it like three times already I finally get to the presentation and the main guy who's supposed to judge it just doesn't bother to show up. And I'm like, can we reschedule for when he like actually, you know, cares enough to be here? They're like, no, we don't care. Whatever. Just do it. So I did it like the best I possibly could. And then the next day after our like big comeback gig that we've waited months and months and months to do, um, I get an email, not even a call or anything. It's just, just an, email. an email. Oh, sorry. We didn't give the thing to anyone. We've just wasted six months of your time. So, so we did that one gig, and um, God bless the people that came. Oh my God, we, you couldn't fit another oh, soul amazing. in there. It was just it. It was shout good. out to Porters for having us. Thank yeah. you, Porters. It was it was amazing. There was just people. Oh, it was just amazing. There was so many people because we thought no one would turn up, and um, and then that was it. That was it until November twenty nineteen, until our next comeback mm. gig. Um, which was at the big top and um, in the January of that year I got a serious illness and so I had to go back yeah Yeah. I had to go back to uh, live with my mum for like four months and at the end of that January Alana got had to leave the country and go back to America so we had you know a a year earlier we were um, playing to packed out places like uh, here at the moon and wherever wherever we were and people were really getting on board and then it was just a whole yeah i'd like to add that around that time goody who was being closed for no reason and that whole thing was kicking off it's horrible it was a really sad time it was it was it was awful just like heart goes out to you it was awful i mean mean, what else can you say like you see you and you you and your friends going like through all of that but i you know i was completely you know i knew bits and pieces i knew you were ill and you you had having trouble with the visa but i just didn't you know because that's that nah, was horrible and just thinking thinking back at how that time was because uh, like i couldn't like get out of bed when yeah. i was at my waist and like oh you know all 
we wanted to do was be together and playing music yeah. like like and when like, your best friend gets taken away as well it's like you don't uh like obviously thank god like we all had our families behind us and stuff like that but it was so and for the other boys as well you know it was oh, yeah. so hard for everyone and even for like the last month that i was still here like he was back home with his mom like recovering and we didn't get to see each other then either and it was just and I remember like before that we would go when this whole thing was kicking off, like we would go to these, you know, even covers gigs and stuff. And people would be like, oh, I don't want to be here. Like I'm just taking their gigs for granted. I'm like, oh, I would kill to be you right now. Mm. But, you know, all of that happened. And, you know, it's a hopefully distant memory now. Alan is here until September at the um earlier so hopefully we can get an extent thank you our our, um, our uh, people at Juco Records who, who look after us and uh, they got Elana the visa that she needed to be here and to perform and so we've got that till minimum September hopefully it will be September 2021 that we can extend it to um, until after, after that we don't know what's going to happen but you know everybody has just proper been like amazing with us and you yeah. know it's been a, it's been really cool that's it's been really cool. the upside of all this like when the something like so bad that you couldn't even imagine it happening happens you really kind of see like how much people are there for you and how much they actually care which is really nice you know it's been a bit of a shit couple of years in the world oh, yeah that too uh, like yeah. that doesn't help and, but. He, and but then you see like things every so often like you know in the past week um, Liz so we saw of everything that happened with Club of Bont and the green rooms in the valleys. Yeah. Um, and, you know, awful. It, it took Liz all of 20 minutes to go, okay, let's do something. Yeah. And then a couple, day, great couple, couple days later, it. she's done six gigs. Wow. <laughs> yeah. The, I saw that festival um, that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's another thing entirely, but like, yeah. I, I know, cause I'm, you know, we work quite close, quite closely. And I was messaging this going, do you know any hand? Cause, you know, we were getting messages. You get messages every five minutes. People going, "Let's." That, that was another thing. You get a message every five minutes from, "Yes, I'd love to help. I'd love yeah. to help. I'd love to help. I'd love to help." Like all these people going, "I want to help," and it's like, it's just it's overwhelming. But at the same time, I'm so happy to be in like a community that's like stands behind people. And we like, do yeah. Yeah. We all stand yeah. by each other. No one slates each other. Here. Yeah. No one, you know, it's really cool. The scene here is really, really yeah. cool. I mean, it is positive. It is like overwhelmingly like positive like yeah you, know, you get you get a few bad eggs but like well, you know what, what, people you are so supportive of each other here though like it took me for some reason a long time to realize that like if you want people to come to your gigs you have to go to their gigs yeah. and stuff oh, yeah. but here everyone just does that like yeah, automatically yeah. it's like the best yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you get to know everyone too and you see some really cool I've, music you know i feel you know i counted how many shows i did last year and i did 96 shows plus 14 festivals wow <laughs> um and so I all, and even then I feel incredibly guilty when I'm like, I'm really sorry I can't, can't come to your show yeah. because yeah. I can't, I will get, I just call it, I call it gig fatigue. Like I am afraid that if I go to too much, I'll just stop enjoying it. Yeah. And, it's, and as you well, know, you need your ears as well. Obviously yeah. with being a sound engineer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, I mean, I do sort of, protect them. I've got earplugs yeah, and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. like, you know, there's, you know, there's only so much. There's only can, so much yeah. they can take. But, you know? um, yeah, like the last thing I want to do, like we were discussing earlier, like doing covers gigs, the last thing I want to mm-hmm. do is fall out of love with music because oh, it is, you know, it's it's up there in my top five favorite things to do in the world. Like, of course. You know, it's kind of, it's it's so much fun and it's kind of, you know, the idea of losing that and losing the ability to enjoy that. It's kind of, yeah, you know, goes back to what you were saying about, you know, not having much in where you were and not having, you know, not being yeah. able to do what much you were and then not being well, able to 
be a fan. I've spent a lot of time thinking about that the last year, actually, because when I like got kicked out of here, like it was kind of the thing, like when I was growing up, um, you know, if I had a bad day or something, I would go home and write a song about it. And Mm. it would be like the thing that I used to escape. And it, it got to the point last year when everything was kicking off that it was like, I need to escape from music. And it's like, what do you do when you need to escape from your escape? And that was like one of the worst parts of it. Yeah, so, there's, you know, there's no outlet then, is yeah there? you gotta so I don't know I kind of just took a break from it and then it is a weird kind of thing as a musician that you or someone who works in the music industry that you know the thing that you love and the thing that often some people consider a pastime or a hobby or a you know a casual thing it's like our lives oh yeah oh yeah. yeah so sometimes it's like a bit much to it's crazy too how people you could be like playing a covers gig like last night okay I was playing a covers gig I was in the middle of a song and this drunk guy goes, oh, come to the bar with me. Come to the bar with me. I'm like, dude, I'm working. This is my job. Like, people they just, just don't, don't yeah, get it. They, they just don't. don't get it. And it's the same when, like, I get very, very annoyed at people talking through gigs. And I've said it countless times on the podcast. People are bored of it by now when I'm talking about it. But it's like, you know, this is our livelihood. Yeah. Of course. Stop shitting all over it, please. Yeah, like, yeah. like, this is what, you know, we do for a living. This is what we enjoy. And like, Yeah. And everyone, like, listens to music and they enjoy it. And they think, oh, like, this is great. You must be having so much fun, blah, blah, blah. They don't realize that it's, like, work. It's hard us, work. Like, and it's it's why I stopped being in a band, because I stopped enjoying it. Yeah. And it's like, I never, you know, I never want to stop enjoying music. So, yeah. I skipped another, I skipped a question I mentioned earlier, but I will kind of lead on to my... um. Well, actually, before we even do that, I'll ask this question. I'll ask some other questions. I just kind of like <laughs> the structure of these will go all over the place, so it's fine. So um, I did skip a question, which was, <laughs> do you remember? Um, I asked people, do you remember the first record, not that you um, listened to or owned or whatever, but at the first record you chose to have? First record that I actually bought. Um, <laughs> we were talking about this like a couple of months ago actually like for the first time and I never really thought about it but I remember um, there's this place called Newbury Comics which if you ever yes. go to Boston it's amazing yes. it's I love it there um, they used to have like rows and rows and rows of CDs like back in the 2000s and stuff I think they still do but not as many mm-hmm. um, but I went I remember it was one of those days like I was in high school and I took the train to Boston and I felt really cool because I was like in the city without my parents blah 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 Mm. and I was like digging through like the you know the back like discount unknown whatever section of the CDs and I found like this CD by Jimmy Eat World and to this day I can't find it again it was like some weird demo thing it it had like Lucky Denver Mint on it okay so it was before Clarity yeah it was like some weird i can't i think it was i don't know what it was called um so it's had roller queen on it you said. it had roller queen on it yeah i think i found it like a couple of weeks ago oh, but okay. I, I lost it again yeah but some weird obscure jimmy world album but it like doesn't really sound like their newer stuff it sounds really like i don't know more like dark it's mm. the only way i can describe it it um it reminds me of like we used to be working in the dark room in high school all the time like in photography and i was obsessed with it and every time like we went to photo club me and my best friend we always were like talking about there were um kids like the year above us who just had like the most obscure music taste <laughs> and it was one of those albums like and every time i think about it, it just reminds me of like that era so it's very much like you know the dark unknown jimmy world yeah. album that i can't find in like that's cool i don't think i've ever heard it well you wouldn't have because i can't even find it anywhere on the internet yeah. oh i thought you had it on like no it's i don't know where the actual cd got oh, so to there's one called oh. hang on it was like like 
a long time ago. I was like 15. I'd like to hear it, even though, you know, Jimmy Eat World out my bag. I'd like to hear that if that was your first one, you know. But yeah, I just, it's just interesting to me because then it's like, because I really, yeah, I was a teenager. I was like really into Jimmy Eat World and then, you know, growing up. Yeah, yeah, there's kind of, their newer stuff's a bit. Well, you know, as everything gets like yeah, more I don't know. pop or whatever. I sp- but then, you know, you know, my favorite band's Nine Inch Nails and, um, you know, people will say, oh, their newer stuff isn't any good. And I think it's brilliant. I think it's really, really creative and like forward thinking. I've heard that they're fantastic. And I can honestly say I've never heard anything that they've what, done. What, Nine Inch Nails? Yeah. I've never been I've into them. I've heard that they're fantastic though. I should really get a, get a listen on. They're a really good band. I don't know. They just, it's like what you said about the Beatles, like you can appreciate them, mm. but you just don't. I think, know. yeah, you kind of have to be of a certain mindset yeah. and like, kind of like quite, um, be all right with listening to very dark things. Well, know? it's, it's kind of a funny thing. Like, um, thinking about now how, like in my small town, um, there is this one radio station, I think it's still around that everyone kind of listened to in the car because it was one of those towns where you just drive around because there's nothing else to do. Um, and they always played like 90s grunge music and that was like one of the bands that, mm. and you know, it was like Pearl Jam and Nirvana and all that stuff. So that was kind of like, to me, the sound of the streets of Boxborough. <laughs> So it just like brings me back to a You should place. see the streets of Boxborough, by the way. <laughs> They're empty. <laughs> I know, I can imagine. It's, it's like all trees. Yeah. yeah. And deer. It ain't rough already. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah, beautiful. Right, yeah. No, by the streets, I mean where all the cars drive, not yeah. where you walk around. <laughs> <laughs> the streets of Boxborough. Yeah, that's the, yeah, so, and it's the kind of another weird element of, of America, just everyone drives everywhere. It's not like... Well, yeah, I mean, as long as... I mean, not as long as it, it depends where you live. Yeah, I said um, to Alana. Part, yeah, obviously New York's different. Yeah, yeah. I said to Alana, "Where's the bus stop?" She went, "We don't have buses here." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> school buses. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, All I mean, schools. where would you take a bus to in Boxborough? Yeah. To that the airfield, right? There's like a no, that's the small um, airfield. That's not even in Boxborough. Yeah, but it's you know it's just down the road, isn't it? And uh, there's this small <laughs> airfield, and you can go get a nice, you know, full American breakfast and yeah. all that sort of stuff, and see oh. the planes taking off, and it's boss. The old full American breakfast. But it's but it's like American dead fast. Like, oh, <laughs> there's no such thing as a full American breakfast. I know. Yeah, but I know. I know what you mean. Like the pancakes yeah. and the yeah, and the, the bagels. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, that, all yeah, that stuff. That's one of the best elements of America. Delicious. I've had the worst heartburn in my entire life when I've been in America for more than like five days. Oh <laughs> but it's, it's delicious. We eat a lot. My mom's yeah. a chef, um, so she knows like all the food. And she's amazing places. as well. It's one of the like Britain's food is just terrible. <laughs> it's awful. <gasps> oh, no. What about like mushy peas oh. and that? Wait, hang on. What about oh, yeah. festive you're, you're, bakes? You're from you're from the north. You, you, yeah, you're mushy right peas, gravy, oh, yeah. pies. Festive bakes. Pasty, festive bakes. You love. <laughs> <laughs> Blew my mind the first time I, I tried mean, one. But we do do chocolate better than the Americans. Mm, no, because you don't have any dark chocolate, and that's where it's at. It's not where it's at. Yeah, it I'm is. sorry, I had a bar of Hershey's in New York, and I was like, "This is disgusting." Yeah, no, I'm not about that life. Like, Nobody it's... likes Hershey's, but I quite like it. It's like less sweet, it's too creamy. Uh, maybe I just quite like sweet stuff. So. Yeah. I just like dark chocolate. Like we have more variety of dark chocolate. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, it's fair enough. If you were into that kind of thing, I think the you only guys dark do chocolate that's cups, acceptable yeah. is after eight mints. Um, They're no, delicious. Wrong. Other than that, you guys do cake. Way better than us, mm. though. We were just, was it you I was talking yeah, to? Yeah, we were talking about cake. Victoria sponge cake changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Also, one time I had this cake at Barker's Coffee. I can never get over it. Um, it or maybe it was Barker's <laughs> too. Um, it was like a chocolate cake with mint chocolate chip frosting. Like, if they ever have that, try it. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I know. I, I, I really, really want to go back to America and, like, you know, maybe 
California or um, like different places. But I, I genuinely, um, there was we were floating the idea of going south by southwest. Um, oh, I want to go there. With, oh, yeah. That's on my so bucket list. Liz's Liz's band is playing south by southwest um, at the school, and I, I, you know, she said, "Oh, you can come do sound for us." And I was like, "Yeah, that'd be great." Do and it. then definitely yeah, do it. It just didn't end up getting the funding, unfortunately. And oh. this, um, did they go? They're going, yeah. So oh, it's next good. month. Um, they but they're kind of crowdfunding it. But obviously, you know, they have to do cutbacks. So I'm not gonna. I'm probably not gonna be able to go. I don't think I'm gonna go. But yeah, I'd love to go. But then also, I've got some um, friends from America, and, I, and they particularly say South by Southwest isn't Austin. Austin is a very different place to when it's South by totally. Southwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The and horror I, stories that you hear yeah, of like yeah. uh, the South. Yeah. Uh, you know, my uh, mate oh, but, Eddie but, lives in Austin. No, but, Austin's but Austin's be... not like Texas. No, yeah. I know. That's what I mean. It's like, but I mean, it's South by South, yeah. they say that South by Southwest, like Austin during South by Southwest isn't like what it's Austin is. Like, yeah, yeah. It's too like, Oh, so I see what you, Austin I thought you meant like, Austin's yeah. like a cool little yeah. hub. Yeah, Austin's yeah. like an oasis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. an oasis. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. Not, not, you know, slagging off the rest of you know, I'm sure there's lovely people there. Oh, I'm sure there's just if you hang that yeah. stupid flag up, then you you know, not everybody does that though, do they? No, I know, but there's you know, you know there's not gonna get into all the politics of the different states and stuff. But oh, like, we'd be here all day. We mate. would, we would, and oh. I could talk about it quite a lot. If you follow me on Facebook, yeah. man, like yeah. you do we've yeah. got each other on Facebook. Oh my god, I, I can't shut my mouth, I can't I can't help it. It's true, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> So, sorry, we went off a complete tangent then. What was the first record you chose to have? Oh, my God, that's oh, what we were yeah, talking, yeah. That's what we were talking yeah, about yeah, originally. Yeah. I totally forgot. <laughs> uh, okay, so imagine being a kid and you're like, you know, you're like sort of, you're in school and, you know, all of the music that's on the radio is like blooming S Club 7 <laughs> and, you know, whatever it might have been, you know. And I remember watching, um, it was... Either MTV or VH1 or Kerrang or something like that. You know, remember when yeah, you used yeah. to have to watch the music video channels to hear a song? So I'd be like, I was waiting for, I don't know, Teenage Day Bag to come on or something, whatever. And um, and I heard... And it was One Step Closer by Linkin Park. Oh. And that was my first experience with like heavy uh, music. I was like, what is that? What is that? And I remember being like, ma, 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 there's this band called Linkin Park. And they How got this band. You? When did that come out? 2000 and what? 2000? Yeah. Nine. All right. Yeah, that sounds, yeah. Um, and I remember, my mom had this band, this Linkin Park, and, this, and uh, I, you know, I took it to the HMV and I was like, it's this one, man. And she bought me it and it was... Uh, did it have parental explicit lyrics on it though? Oh, I don't think it did. Right. I don't think it did have any swears in that. But... That was sound. That was yeah, sound. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah you know. Remember me, that being a thing as being when you were growing up. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Me ma was like, like you know, I, w- I never swore. Yeah. Like, I, I just knew that that yeah, was a yeah. no-no, you know. So it was okay if I, I had any, anything like that. But, um, yeah, like, that was the first one that I'd had. And I had scratches on it by the end of it because I'd uh, mm. sort of worn it down, you know. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I remember that. They were also my first gig. That I went to right. in in the in the O2 arena with uh, with my mate Tim, who I live with now, and uh, shout out to Tim. Shout out to Tim. He roadies for us, so he oh, cool. uh, he, he takes us. It's to always a, good to have a roadie. Yeah, he says as a as a glorified roadie sometimes. As a good, <laughs> as, oh, you do sound. Yeah, you're just a roadie, yeah, really. A roadie. Roadie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tim drives me all over the place and drives. Oh, he's amazing. He's amazing. But um, yeah, so that was the first one, which you wouldn't think. 
with the type of music that I make and that I have made, mm. it, that would be a thing. But uh, that, yeah, that's. I think you know when obviously when Chester Bennington died, you know had a lot of people coming out and being like, oh, "God, this band." You know, so many people were like, "This band had like a real influence on me." And it, it was, it's funny because um, I, you know, I feel like I talk about Nine Inch Nails and everything, but I'm obsessed with them. But um, Linkin Park really, really influenced by Nine Inch Nails, and um, and I think that's why I connected with them. And then mm. Nine Inch Nails later. Because when you're like, you know, you said you were nine, but even then you kind of, you know, ish. getting closer towards that kind of moody teenage feeling. And that really kind of summed it up. And, um, you know, a lot of, I, I remember there's a band from Commander called Dream State mm-hmm. who were like, like one of the best albums of last year. Definitely. I love that album. And they did a cover of Crawling because it just like had influenced them so much. And it was like, obviously that's like that song and that album is all about like, going through having mental health problems mm-hmm. even before it was kind of a, a buzzword like being like mental health the music and stuff and it was yeah it was very kind of that and you know faint and yeah that, that yeah so that album is kind of yeah it's i think it's really influential on a lot of people so I it think, doesn't I really think, surprise me yeah i mean um these songs what, what what like what you can't forget is like no matter what kind of the genre that it kind of fits into if a song becomes popular you uh if you get an acoustic guitar out and you start having a look at the lyrics and you sort of play mm. along. It's a pop song. It's a pop song. Mm. It's the, vi- the Yeah, we melody. talk about that a lot, don't we? Yeah. In songwriting. The melody in the songwriting is structured um, as a pop song, as a as a song where there's not that many different melodic ideas. Um, they just hammer the hooks home, yeah. really. And um, it's the same with a load of their songs of Linkin Park. So it's their absolute yeah. experts. And it's the same with loads of different bands that were around at that time doing stuff like, you know, um, let's take a Korn, yeah. for example. Right, Korn had like two hits over here. They were, they were the pop songs that yeah. they did. So Linkin Park really made a way to tap in to the general population by hitting them with pop songs but also appeasing the people who wanted to i want some metal music you know and they they got those as well and that's that's really cool when you can bring you know the general public and also fans of a particular genre together it's interesting that you say that and then you sort of talk about jimmy world jimmy world was sort of this seen as like this gap because they came from i don't know how much you know about emo music oh yeah i used to be real into it (laughs) But what yeah. do you define emo music as? What bands? Well, yeah, like, I don't know, all of it. When I was in eighth grade, I was really into Fall Out Boy. Yeah. Um, that's, like, the mainstream one. So, but then I, like, from there delved into, like, I can't even remember. It was Jimmy World, um, bunch of other ones that I haven't thought about in years that I can't remember the names of. <laughs> um, if you mentioned them, I would probably know. Is yeah. it Micah? Is it Micah Michael Roman? So, yeah. I'm totally that's not. In, yeah, I, but I so missed that, the whole scene. That's of the it. emo that kind of came in like the mid noughties. Like second uh, wave emo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know about first wave emo, which is emotional hardcore, which came from punk and post hardcore. Yeah, because I got like really that. into yeah. punk later on. Yeah. Yeah. And so I you know, I you know, so mm. I don't know, some people just think of emo as that kind of mid noughties thing, the Fallout Boy and the My Couple Romance and all that. But that 
funnily enough, came from Jimmy World. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I got into them yeah. after. So Jimmy World is kind of this bridging. Because Jimmy World, the like, genres. they used to sound more like the album we were talking about, but yeah. then they had, like, the middle, and that's, you know, the first song that people hear from them. So I got into Fall Out Boy, and then I obviously heard the middle, and then I was like, oh, I'll check out Jimmy World, and found out that they sound completely different yeah. from that, but also, like, still good. What one's yeah. that one? Is that the the big hit? It just takes some time then a girl. Yeah. My band used to call oh, it that. Nice. I didn't even oh, I didn't even realize um the chorus lyrics for ages. Because it's like kind of slurs it and then I didn't realise it was like little girl, you're in the middle of the ride, that's why it's called the middle. Um yeah, and that yeah. And I think my sister was really into them, but she had clarity, which is kind of such as like if you listen to that next to Bleed American. Bleed American's yeah, also yeah. Main. Bleed American's interesting because um obviously Bleed American came out two thousand one and then September eleventh oh, happened. So they had to change yeah. the title. Oh. oh I didn't realise that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause wow. they it almost like wrecked them because wow. they had to like just recall all the CDs. Of course, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I had no idea. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I didn't find out about them till way after that. Yeah. And it was it was around the same time lots of music started just getting pulled from radio because it seemed too controversial or too yeah. kind of mm. yeah it's a, it's kind of it's interesting to look up there's a there's a whole list of because in america they have these the radio stations that are all like owned by the same company Ugh, essentially yeah yeah Worst it's thing the clear channel thing yeah. And, clear uh, channel yeah. ruins everything i hate yeah them. yeah and they yeah that's a very very interesting thing to dive into if you're oh, God, the I know. Music industry. we studied it in um in college in music business class and it Oh, it made me so mad. Yeah, it's just because it's a monopoly. Yeah, it's that's nuts. why the music's so bad is in America. Never, ever good. Yeah. That's literally Anything. the reason. But it's, why. but it's. I'm glad now we have stuff like the internet where you, oh, yeah. it's just escaping. Well, it's those definitely yeah. like it's you know it's changed a lot since then. Like now we've got stuff. I was just saying like um, things like Billie Eilish. Like I think it's great because when I was in high school and like um, middle school and all that stuff, like it was always like happy bubblegum pop mm. and it's like you know your only role models are like people who are happy and perfect all mm. the time and it's like now we finally get like actual representation of people who are like not that yeah which is and it's great so for important. people growing up yeah and it, but you know that comes back to like the emo like kind of yeah. thing like, yeah. part of people can really but like for girls it. especially yeah like, yeah because it was the emo bands were pretty much all like male dominated white guys. until like paranormal yeah and that's kind of but even yeah. then it's just like one girl yeah. in a band with guys yeah yeah and they're all white yeah just like exactly. us yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> but I mean, I don't you think know. you you guys are you know. We're not an emo band. Yeah, you're oh, not. Oh, like. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. It's it's really interesting to hear those kind of two two albums in that kind of era. Um, you know, I got into music like I started choosing my own records quite early, and you know, ended up having a lot of pop music and to start with. So you know, and then but then I was like, and then my sister played me Incubus for the first time, and I was like, oh. There's all this other oh, kind Incubus of music. Yeah. Incubus are cool. I like yeah, that. Morning uh, View. That yeah. album is just like so gorgeous. Like That's... I think it's a classic, but you know, it's so underrated, I feel like. Mm. And it, I mean it was kind of everywhere at the time, but like Yeah, they still, wear it, yeah, I remember yeah, growing up. They were just, they that wear album is absolutely beautiful. I still listen to it and I go. God. A lot of um what I I feel like I play guitar like kind of weirdly, like you know, like rhythmically weird. And I think a lot of that is because um, in high school, I was in this club, like a guitar club with like the two or three other people in my whole school who played guitar and they were big Incubus fans and like they taught me all these songs <laughs> yeah. and like I he's, just picked up on that. He's and a really then, interesting guitarist. Yeah. He my plays can, like really yeah. strange stuff, yeah. but it like works. Yeah. 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 I remember like 
when I was learning guitar and I was just like trying to learn how to play these songs. And I was like, what? Like that just like drive is the one in it. Yeah. The, like, yeah. But when you, you know, learn it, you're like, oh my God. Like It's so much harder than it sounds. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and then it turns, it turns out actually that's quite, um, I'm really into Jeff Buckley. Oh, and yeah. Drive, Man. the um, chord Jeff structure Buckley. and stuff in Drive is very similar to another song by uh, Jeff Buckley called So Real. Mm. And I mm. noticed when I started playing that, I was like, God, this is like Drive. It's almost mm. like kind of similar hand movements. But yeah, Drive Drive is one of those songs that was like everywhere it at was, the time. Yeah. And like everyone's like really over it. Like, um, but it is, it's such a It had the little thing it? of that time. It's a great song. It had the little thing of that time where they put a... Um, they just get a DJ deck in there and they just go waka waka yeah. waka waka yeah. you know every single song had that in I, the, I know but in the turnaround from the uh, just I before wanna, the vocal I wanna, comes I want to defend waka, it though waka, because waka, waka. science they literally like they had a, a proper like DJ and like, oh, yeah. it was like really good and then yeah. you know DJ, uh, Chris Cornwall was like it's a really that was a thing yeah, for yeah. the early 2000s wasn't it every band had a yeah. Linkin Park Limp yeah, Bizkit Park, Limp Bizkit yeah yeah all of them have a DJ Slipknot yeah. yeah, it's such a specific time period in music. Definitely, waka, yeah, waka, yeah. Waka, waka. I know <laughs> we're like, one of them into like drive, <laughs> but drive is like, um, yeah, it doesn't, it didn't really feature that. But then you hear it's because they were like putting samples in and stuff, and it's like I think if you go, yeah, I just want to defend Jimmy uh, Incubus because they're like one of my favorite like teenage bands. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're like also, they're one I still awesome. like. Whereas like other bands that I used to be as a teenager, I'm like. Hmm, not so keen on them anymore. <laughs> yeah. Another word, one I think of quite a lot is System of a Down. I'm like, oh dear. <laughs> that oh, was definitely yeah. like a, an interesting phase of my life. I think we all went through that kind of phase when we, because, you know, I, I just, that was my first kind of exposure to, other than the Beatles, to mm. guitar music was yeah, all that. Because yeah. that was so big back then, that kind of new metal yeah, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And so, you know, I remember like I used to wear like my Lincoln Park hoodie and that when I was like a yeah. real young kid. Yeah, like yeah, me and Tim you used didn't to have love a Slipknot hoodie. Who Slipknot yeah, hoodie, yeah. yeah. With, yeah. with, with the Iowa, I had one with the Iowa album yeah, cover on. Yeah. Which is how weird that is, isn't yeah. it? Like, I think yeah. I skipped that and went straight to the emo bands. Yeah, I mean, that's oh, impressive. Yeah. Because I remember um, there was this, I just like specifically remember there was like a snow day and my friends were over and I was like in eighth grade or something and I woke up like we left the tv on on mtv for some reason we forgot to turn it off and I woke up first and like there was a um the the what's it called the takeover the breaks over by fallout boy was on oh, yeah, and it yeah. was like a music video and I was just like wow this video is so cool yeah and their got, videos like, were really cool yeah they? I like it got in like, like the rabbit hole of music videos and got really into it, them was it is it too early for like YouTube? Um, no, there was YouTube, but I never really got into but it. But I think they really got popular because they have those music videos and people yeah, watch them on YouTube. That was the thing. Yeah. Like, it was that whole era of like the VH1 top 20 countdown and everyone was yeah. trying to get the gimmicks into their music yeah. video. I just remember there was like, have you ever heard of Lifehouse? Mm. They were always, for some reason, they were always on it, like all the time. And their music was good, but it always, I remember it bothered me every single time because <laughs> it was always just the one guy in the music video and the rest of the band was never in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Put the rest of the band. I remember um I you know I'd, I'd go around my nan's house and she had MTV two and it was literally after How school. Good was MTV2? Yeah, oh but it was God. after school, it was always the same playlist. But it didn't matter. We just watched it anyway. Yeah. 
And we just watched, it was always in the same order, same playlist yeah. all the time, but we just kept watching it. But that's the thing. There was no way to access these songs no. back then. You know, we have that no. now. So you'd yeah. come home and you'd go, I want to listen to music. It's and more exciting that way. That would be it. That would be the radio. Yeah. And, uh, but then I really like Discover Weekly on Spotify. Because I'm like, yeah. yeah Mine's I never any good. I do, but yeah. they throw me so much rubbish sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you, know? you get gems. Just, like, I feel like a lot of, like, especially when you listen to it as much as I do, like, it just all kind of ends up sounding the same. Like yeah. people are going for the same vibe, but they don't quite nail it a lot of the time. Yeah, I don't know. I, maybe it's because my music taste is fucking bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's why I kind of get. Joe, all, all, all I get is like I don't know. I just get indie bands all the time, yeah. all the time, and you know, oh, I can't, I yeah, can't yeah. listen to another. You know, honestly, like, and it's very. Every so often, you get one that's bloody good. Yeah, like um. The Ratanas, yeah. right? Obviously, you can't deny that. Yeah. Or um, Sundara Kama, they're yeah. from uh, Reading, you know, yeah. great band. You get that every so often. Sam Fender, obviously, mm. is brilliant. But for the most part, it's just the same formula as the mid 2000s, where some guy with a really thin sounding lead guitar goes, <laughs> and then the bass, yeah, and there's then only the drum, so many times you can hear the same song. And then it's the same song. Over and over again, and I think, what are you to push yeah. the boat, man? Yeah. I do, and, and like it. they're all good, but they all—it's just you've heard it all before. But a lot of the time, it's not good, and it's—it's—it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not. A lot it's, of the yeah, time, I think it's like I've been talking about this with, with someone. It's like um, I always talk about good in subjective and objective mm-hmm. ways. Like objectively, it could be well written. It could be no, not yeah. even well written, but like well put together. It sounds good, productions wise, but subjectively. Is it actually kind of interesting or things like that? Yeah, yeah, there's like a big gap between the playing and the songwriting. The last two questions I ask are, what is something you've been listening to recently that you've been really enjoying? Um, lately, I've been mostly listening to like female musicians. Um, I just discovered this band called The High Women. I think they're like pretty famous. I think like Brandy Carlisle is part of it and stuff. So that's really cool. I don't know much about them yet. Um, but for a while now, I've been listening to this band called Middle Kids. They're like a girl band from Australia that my friend Isabel, who's Australian, um, turned me on to. And they're like awesome. They're kind of like indie pop rock, but it sounds different because they're Australian and they're like women and uh, their songs are just really cool. Do you know what's talking to Discover Weekly? It always throws me at least every week two or three Australian women. Yeah, rock, it's like a bands. thing now. Yeah, yeah. It's a big thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like the Courtney Barnett effect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, they're always awesome and it always they're the ones I save. So yeah, I, yeah, I'm totally on that. I'll look them up when I go home. Yeah, yeah you'd like them, yeah, I think. Cool. And then... Yeah. I love Steely Dan, right? Um, and s- especially since uh, Lana and I went to go, I mentioned it the other day on, on um, Facebook, we went to go see um, Donald Fagan do um, The Night Fly live in New York. It was amazing. And so I've been kind of working my way through over the last maybe two months through the Steely Dan back catalogue and it never ceases to blow my mind like what, what they yeah. were doing back then. Not just in terms of the, the songs, because the songs are great, not traditional pop mm. songs, a lot of them. Lots of it's jazz and lots of it's, you know, blues and funk and all sorts of stuff. But the way that it sounds is, you know, the, we, we always say like the early to mid 70s is not that everything that came after or before is bad. Mm. Obviously it's not. But the production quality, I feel like it reached somewhat of a, High point, it reached a, a tip yeah. in terms Did of... Did come out in that? Yes. Yeah. 
And that's what I think. Rumours. Yeah. Uh, uh, David Bowie's Hunky Dory yeah. and um, The Spiders from Mars. It's because that was, you know, it's maybe a correlation through the fact that that was when, like, the most money went into like recording exactly yeah. it was what happened is is kind of like they all went hang on a minute the studio is really important so that's when the big mm. companies like emi and and decker and what have you threw a load yeah. of money in there and you what's going on and you yeah. know all of these albums that stand the test time and steely dan's records especially from that sort of period and obviously after it just improved and improved and improved they were famously difficult to work with mm. but I'd recommend anybody who's either into the studio stuff, into live sound or into excellent songwriting and excellent playing, just spend a few weeks and just listen to Steely Dan and nothing else because it's incredible. Like yeah. it is, really is. So there's always this question that comes up in like live sound engineer groups is, oh, what do you play through the PA to test the PA? And it's always Steely Dan. Hmm. D- yeah. D- they, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Charlie Francis was doing, isn't it? When studio. he was in the studio yeah. push, pushing through his thing, he played Steely Dan a lot, didn't he? Yeah. So yeah, cool. that definitely yeah. Cool. And then so then my final question is also one that some people have like been like, oh, you can't ask that. That's that's like an unfair question. Cool, you can ask but anything. Then, but then some people are like immediately will start like, saying an answer, which is, what's your favorite record of all time? Oh God, bloody yeah, you hell! You can't ask that. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's no, completely I, fair. I, I mean, don't really do favorites of yeah. all time because it changes like all the time. If I had to pick, I mean, it's got to be Abbey Road, probably. Um, it's Abbey Road. Okay. But cool. you know, at any given time, I'll have a different favorite. Yeah, but it's I yeah, it is it is like people have come to me going, you can't ask that question because it like it changes all the time, and like for me, I'm kind of quite a very like focused person. I'll go mm. right, and this is the order, and like I don't know exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think some people are like that, some people aren't. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, you know, it obviously you're right. It does change. What I don't listen to Abbey Road every mm. day. Um, well, yeah, and I don't do listen know, to my favorite. Record of course, every day, yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, you know that the the oh. from you never give me your money right through to the end um is that's my favorite kind of 15 minutes of music of all time like even forget the rest of the album even mm. though it's unbelievable yeah. that is my favorite 15 minutes of music just period so me too but i've thought of something okay so that i would say is my favorite like sonically but in terms of like meaningfulness Mean, meaning mm. in my <laughs> meaningfulness <laughs> yeah. another, another meaning. way i would maybe phrase that question is like what's the most album yeah. that's been the most inspirational then i would mm. say blood on the tracks because um it just like came into m- my dad gave it to me like for hanukkah one year when i was in um college and it just came into my life at like the perfect time mm. for like the message that it had forgive and, my ignorance oh bob dylan oh, okay yeah it's unbelievable okay. it's like one of my it's in my I, top I ended top, up writing yeah. a 14 page paper about it for, <laughs> for um, college oh man that sounds pretty I'd love to like write about all like I, I do every so often but like yeah the idea of like writing about your favourite music is kind of like yeah oh cool. it's great but there's so many honourable mentions like we yeah. talked about Jeff Buckley earlier you know yeah. and uh, um, the uh, Breakfast in America Breakfast in America um, and I love, Super Tramp, I love Super Tramp so much. I think they, I feel like numerous David Bowie records, yeah, yeah. numerous Bob Dylan records. Um, oh, even though Morrissey's a yeah, whatever he is now, you know God. those early Smiths records are just fantastic. And I love Johnny Marrys. When I got into this, when I like as a teenager, and you know, I got the best of the Smiths. I was just like. Jesus, like it just knocks you for sick. It really it? does. It's just it like, oh my god, this is. It's, it's not very, very sad to see how how things uh, 
I think it's I hope he gets I think he you know I think he might not be well. doing okay yeah. uh, so I hope he gets you know some uh, some sympathy and gets you know what he needs to try to get get back on the right path really but the Smiths were fantastic yeah. and Paul Weller as well uh, yeah. yeah so many cool I think that kind of sums up that's great and I, I've been trying to like condense these interviews down and I'm kind of glad you were like oh we need to go because I'm like okay great <laughs> 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 so what we'll do I know, now I was so like, we've been chatting for ages it's I know, been great it's a really, really interesting conversation and it's kind of like a lot of the time I'll have conversations with like people I know but like getting to know is like I like, think I've met you maybe one or two yeah, times yeah. before and it's like it's really kind of it's really fascinating for me so thank you and it's the same for us and thanks so yeah. much for having no us like yeah, yeah, we, we've really kind of loved got it in touch to, to do it um, do you know what song you're going to play we do we're going to play one last last call which is um, a, t- a tiny little bit of background about the song it's about obviously the last year or 18 mm. months you know oh, okay. but um, we had a songwriting session in my old ha- old flat and uh, you know we play each other a little bit of the songs that we've been working on so we work on the rest mm. of it together and um, and you know it was like yeah and then I'll play one yeah, yeah, right. yeah and then I went out to make a cup of tea and we were like oh today's a damp squib I went out to make a cup of tea and uh, Lana just starts p- playing this and I was like oh who's that by and she was like oh <laughs> this is one that I've been with. and I was like why didn't you play that one what's, what's you know I wanted to keep it for myself for a while. <laughs> oh. no it was just because I didn't know if I would get the visa or not and I was just being I'll remember that. <laughs> the truth comes I've got, out. I've got, I've got five bangers saved up, which are going to be for my solo band, and that's I was it. Like, I was like, as soon as I get the visa, I'm bringing this song to Gloss Jackets, but before then, I don't know if I can. Cool. All right. Cool. Let's do that. One, two. Hey, drink to remember the days I was young. Before I love, it left me like a slow setting sun. I drink to forget how the barrel of a gun can silence the rest of my line. You were always so pretty, you were always so sweet. You were always the last of us to admit defeat. I drink cause I'm lonely and you're incomplete. And we're running low on our time. And someday. i 
got it all And someday We'll dance like the old days We're back on the old stage Our names on the wall One last, last call 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 That was One Last, Last Call by Glass Jackets, uh, performed by Alan Held and Elliot Oakley. Thanks so much to Alana and Elliot for coming down on a rainy Sunday morning to chat to me in the Moon Club. Thank you to the Moon Club as well for um, being a wonderful host of uh, having us in there and, and letting us do a session. Um, hopefully I might be using the Moon Club more often to do stuff like that if uh, all things go well. So yeah, if you want to check out Glass Jackets and it's still Wednesday or maybe the Thursday and you don't have any plans for Thursday evening, they are playing Clubby for Bar um, on Thursday the 5th of March. Uh, if it's past that date, that's not the gig you're going to go see them at, but you know, they play regularly around Cardiff. They're doing a show up in Liverpool and one in London, I think, coming up. Uh, but yeah, keep an eye on their Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those things to keep up. Um, thanks for listening to the podcast. I sort of had a guest in mind for next week, but unfortunately, just the way my schedule's working out, it's not going to happen. But there'll be one coming soon, I'm sure. Uh, thanks for listening and see you next time. Mm-hmm.